the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 286 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. What's up, everybody? Dan Tom here with the Protect Your Neck Podcast, your host, who's working probably seen over at MMA Junkie Action Network, uh, other places, um, hopefully not too many other places, because uh, those are the places <laughs> that are paying me, but uh, it's good to see you guys here, uh, you know, as I further and further uh, look like the nerdy Asian version of the uh, scientists in Independence Day. They don't let us out much, uh, as I'm... Uh, you know, still haven't been able to do my usual uh, three or four piece haircut. You know, usually so busy I'm uh, cutting my hair in, in installations there. Um, <laughs> so I do my own. But yeah, no, no, neither here nor there. We, we are not here for the hair talk. We are here for the MMA talk. Of course, UFC 286, we're going to be breaking down from top to bottom. Check the timestamps if you're listening in the future, future, future. Um, I'll have the fancy YouTube ones up like later. Uh, thank you to the Jack Slack timestamp guy uh, in the comments there uh, who helped uh, who helped me, uh, you know, uh, you know, show me the key of many of things that I am too stupid to figure out. But uh, with the help of you guys, we are we are making it through some way, somehow. Um, obviously, there's going to be no timestamps right now as I'm live. Thank you for joining me. Be, feel free to like, even though I'm a little late. As per usual, um, still feel free to like. You could do that, you know, uh, post hence the video. Uh, I think there's super likes, super chats um, if you want to show your support in a monetary way. But, um, you know, uh, Dan Tom will read and answer your questions anyways. He doesn't care. So it's fine. Um, it is there, though, um, yeah, for anybody. Uh, we actually did pretty, pretty good last weekend considering... Uh, it was just a volatile week. If anybody made it out alive, consider yourself lucky. I'm going to keep that same energy. I was lucky. Uh, no big victory laps incoming. I'll probably be just laughing at myself. Um, as uh, as 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 y'all are welcome to, and as others may may have, it was, it was, uh, it was good times. It was definitely good times uh, last week. Shout out to listener, by the way, Martin P. Uh, over there uh, uh, for, the, uh, for, the, for the kind tickets. Uh, and and good time there. I went to see uh, the the cat uh, the cad that we're gonna recap here. Devolishvili, of course, uh, beat Peter Yan. Build is Yan Devolishvili. UFC Las Vegas. We'll also do a brief recap of uh, the card that happened the night before that. Bellator 292. I had analysis out pre. I had plays, and it, that was a better night than the UFC. So um, we'll just touch on that very quickly as we tend to do, um, and try to give. Uh, Bellator and other promotions, you know, love where we can. It's kind of hard on this show, kind of what my beat is and what my time has me spread, which this week, oh boy, oh, as per usual, I know. It's like, I don't want to be that crazy guy. I just want to be like the the dad without having the kids, you know? Like, all I want to do right now is just hang out in my garage, whether I'm punching my bags, working on my home gym, uh, working on my vehicle. Like, these are the things that, like, uh, you know... Uh, that just uh, sound amazing. You know, there's that commercial, like, it, it's truly a vacation or whatever when you can do nothing. I'm like, ah, 
the days where I could do nothing. So uh, if you have free time and health, value those things, uh, even if the betting isn't going your way. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of people that I would consider sharp or would respect. Uh, again, I'm not playing a violin. It was not just me struggling to catch winning nights here, even though uh, I'm coming off of two. Granted, still a losing year overall here. I'm not. Let's not get it twisted, folks. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's been tough for a lot. So if that bill fits you, then uh, yeah, just just look at the other things. You know, do you have your health? Do you have some free time to just breathe? Boy, you know, th those are those are things more than to be grateful about. So again, fast forward to the timestamps if you're listening to the future. We're gonna start um, with the usual recaps. Uh, do a little bit of uh, the Amazon link's been popping thanks to you guys. Uh, the host, of course, website mixmarshallanalyst.com. Uh, my website hosts this here program. Uh, offers click-throughs for those of you who shop at like websites like uh, the Amazons or the Onnits of the world. If you buy the proteins of the Onnits or the God knows what of the Amazons, you know. Uh, so uh, I'll definitely uh, give you guys shouts there. But yeah, there's click-throughs. You just click the link. You do your shopping and uh, at no extra charge. Um, sorry, I'm squinting uh, uh, extra here. Um, my eyes are just are not doing great. Uh, but yeah. Uh, no extra charge, uh, you know, a little bit percentage gets clicked back here to the, this program. And uh, as I get my name tag up here, um, at Dan Tom MMA, as I do the really awkward, creepy thumbs up, uh, you can find me on Twitter as well as a link tree with all these links there. Uh, but yeah, there's also a secure PayPal link if you want to donate to the program. Um, but ba boom. Uh, let's see uh, what's up with the chat. I see the usuals. My guy Mark Fellows in the house. Marky Mark. I'm putting ten dollars on Leon, Justin, and Brian for a three fifty return. Don't at me. Um, yeah, man. I mean that that would be a good night for you, and would probably still be a good night for me if uh, that gives away too much. We'll see. Uh, there, uh, Andy in the house with the Razor Ramon with the Razor Ramon app. You know you're gonna get love from me, Andy. What's up, Dan? What's up, Andy? I love it. Love it. Hey, yo, it's me, the bad guy. Speaking of pro wrestling, it's 316. It's not just episode 350. Can you believe it? 350 of these things, I know. Uh, you know, again, I'm, uh, I'm the stressed out, uh, nerdy Asian version of the scientist from Independence Day over here. But, I mean, come on. 350 of these? Independent? No sponsors? Not, no commercial breaks? No, uh, no help? No production? production producers uh, of the like no uh, no clout no you name it no soundcloud <laughs> no stitcher <laughs> yeah we're, we're 350 deep baby and uh and, and 316 speaking of pro wrestling oh my god austin taco sivaldo's gonna get drunk right now he's gonna beat very strict man that he's gonna get in a car and drive your kids home uh, or whatever Stone Cold says. <laughs> I don't know why he talks in the third person. I'll tell you what, though. Stone Cold Steve Austin has, like, the opposite of, like, of, like, pothead energy, right? Like, could you imagine, like, you know, uh, shout out to listener who's been, been been asking for this. Could you imagine if, like, Nate Diaz, for example, would have hang out with Stone Cold? Like, well, what would... What would that conversation be like? Stone Cold's gonna go to first get the fire hose. Well, Stone Cold's gonna pay this alimony paper stuff. And I said, can we just fucking chill out, Stone Cold? Like, I, I think, I think you should just. Oh, well, well, what do you think, Stone Cold, to try some of your damn weed, Mr. Diaz? I'm just saying, dog, like, if you could try, like, let's just start with a CBD joint like I was smoking before the Pettis fight. Like, you know, it, it could be a way where you don't have to fuck up your liver, Stone Cold. And maybe with the anti-inflammatory qualities, 
You can do more than five fucking moves. What are you saying? Stone Cold doesn't have more moves than a punch? The kick before the stunner? The stunner? The Bam Bam Bigelow headbutt where I kind of just pass out for a second from drinking, but it looks like a headbutt? Or the second rope? Because I can't go to the top turnbuckle because my knees are so bad? Dude had like five moves, didn't he, in his prime? I was like, how did this guy like get get like get this crazy rise in their like golden era right uh i know this is not a golden era dx stone cold wwf wcw podcast but i mean you know you know it was, forgive me sorry razor ramon you got stone cold just alcoholic wrestlers were my favorite man they just amazed me and i could not imagine nate diaz hanging out with any of them but it probably would have been better for their health if nate was there so again sorry um voice is gone and uh, impressions don't come as often which means they're definitely not as good now with uh, me doing the visual versions but I'm trying for you guys we got chronic combat speaking of speaking of weed we got chronic combat conversations in the house nobody cares more about their craft than Dan Tom a true thank you I care a little too much though man I really gotta I gotta revamp and find ways to uh, to refortify it's uh, it's it's getting tough on um, on these uh, on these on these streets uh here I'm gonna to try to bring you guys. By the way, um, I got my guy Ant Walker on on board as per usual. Want to do the live commentaries, but I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Uh, apropos, so I'm not just bringing things up to to, to bitch. It actually, it's apropos to the programming that you guys, uh, for whatever reason, are here. But I appreciate you. Um, yeah, like uh, I um, I'm gonna go see go to you know probably go get uh, denied. Uh, not doctor, doctor, but like you know the optometrist. Um, We'll see. Knock on wood. Uh, still dealing with this ch- chalazion thing or whatever, and my eye just keeps acting up and blurring, and we can't get a focus and a read, and uh, it's just annoying. And yeah, yeah, stuff you guys don't care about, but it may affect me, unfortunately. So if you don't see me, I'll probably announce it whether I do or don't. But if you, there is a chance that I don't do the uh, comment live commentary for the last three fights, and it's not on my my man Ant. He is he is ready to go. Um, it's on me. Just been, uh, you know, just just been struggling with this stuff. Also had a, just, just again curveballs and uh, things. I'm more than happy to do, more than happy to help, more than happy to, more than grateful to have the opportunity to do these things regarding work, um, and, and you know, definitely grateful to, to be able to get paid any amount to do these things. Grateful for all that, folks. Not complaining about that, but uh. Uh, curveball such as the business is uh, just really, you know, uh, between the work ones and then the off work ones with the old health. You know, the usual same story with me. So, trying my best for you guys. I, I got a lot of, uh, with the extra work though, um, I got a little extra thorough, thorough Lebowski. Uh, maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know, last week I did, I, I think I really killed it. I had like, what was it like, fucking like 12 or 13 fights pretty much almost researched for you guys, roughly so. Uh, it's like a 15 fight card and we're not splitting between Bellator so numbers least impressive but uh, all the fights that I wanted to bet and target and re- research uh, I, I pretty much did more or less some lacking on the Southpaw report which is still coming in on the Twitter at DanTomMMA but I feel good so uh, so we'll see what I got we got Rio Susan Truesdale in the house hey Dan how cool is it that Leon Edwards is finally getting the respect he deserves from the technical dudes like us. Uh, yeah, it is really cool. It's just cool to see Leon happy. I don't know if you see him like during media day this week. He's not uh, as awkward as normal, and I don't mean that to S on the guy. I myself am obviously 
more than awkward in plenty of ways socially. Uh, not that I'm saying Leon is, but I'm just saying he seems looser and happier is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to diagnose the man. James Kendrick, Dan is the man. Oh, really? I don't know about that, but thank you. It says, Dan is the man. I told Drake to listen to your calling out the media on Asian hate ignorance on UFC 261. He didn't believe me. Drake said that Asian fighters, uh, that it's Asian fighters' accessibility at fault. I don't know the context of that, so I'm not going to put stuff in my guy uh, Drake's uh, mouth. He's on my list, though, to get on, on, on this podcast. Um, and he says, and doesn't feel the media was being ignorant. I just don't understand this and need to protect... I just don't understand this need to protect each media members when you know something is wrong and wrong needs to be called out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, Drake's stance in, in, in context. I would probably have to see that clip myself. James, I'm very familiar with your stance, so that, that helps but part of the pie. You guys are obviously familiar with my stance on things and all that kind of stuff goes. I try my best to keep the same energy. I too am only human. Um, I get as far as not wanting to offend media members or S where you eat. It's kind of like a natural role that people like me sh honestly should be better at. And I, I probably have, I definitely have hurt and probably am and continue to hurt by being outspoken. Even on things like talking about my eye, like, um, you know, um, I, I'm finally in like a negotiation period, you know, uh, I, I, that's all I'll say. Um, and like, I, I alluded to it last week, so it's not like I'm saying anything new and I didn't go over any line, lines last week. It's, it's a good thing. It's to do more things that I like, which would mean I may have to, you know, cut back a bit and, uh, really, really, you know, plan things out and with, as far as what I want to do with this podcast. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, it's hard even like you know being outspoken about like health or being busy like should I really be talking about being busy Dan and having health issues when you are trying to negotiate for more work like that's not smart right like that's not very smart so who am I to criticize when people actually do things the right way like I probably not the air quotes the right way like I probably should be doing more often than not um, but uh, by the by the way, speaking of like circumstantial luck and all this BS, I was looking at a lot of the fighters because a lot of these London shows they recycle the fighters that they either haven't fought since last March or you know that's that's just one of you know if you're looking at the relevant past two to three fights of a fighter when you're doing your own tape study, um, like last March's London events, obviously a lot of the fighters fighting this weekend, folks on 286, we're on that one, and if you remember last March um, was the last time uh, I and, and many uh, from Z workplace uh, may or may not have been in, in, in you know they've been negotiation season like contract season right they say in sports really important and yeah yeah I mean it was also the normal stuff of course I'm sure the overloading this once you get to seven eight weeks into these twelve week runs that the UFC throws us through nonstop um, it, it gets a little overwhelming right uh, like all that stuff aside but it was actually like personal family stuff like regarding me madre and stuff like that and just. And I had to, like, take, like, three weeks off, if you guys remember, you know, of the pod. And unfortunately, just due to timing, which is oh so favorable to your boy here. Very grateful, very privileged, all those things. I'm just saying when it comes to circumstantial timing, terrible, terrible track record, right? Um, yeah, it cost me a whole year of potential, you know, earnings, negotiations, a bunch of things, right? And to little things like, you know, trying to prepare for this podcast going, oh, I should have notes on him because he fought in this main event. Oh, I should have notes on her because she was on this main card. And I go back and I'm trying to find all my digital work. And I'm like, where is it all? I'm like, oh, I was I was off this month. 
So, um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I've been a teensy bit paranoid, you know, with the uh, the old MMA gods or Dan gods or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a religious person, whatever you want to call it. Uh, coming at me this week. Uh, somebody's gambling out there that I'm going to break. But, uh, but yeah, so it feels like some some weeks. So I don't know, man. I, I've, I've, I will continue to be as honest as I can. But, uh, man, I'm trying not to be as quick to sling mud either. I get I get that. But, yeah, I also try to, you know, for better or worse, try to be as honest as I can. And uh, I don't know. I've always liked Drake, man. Uh, Kyle Johnson, Dan's slowly morphing into B.D. Wong. Uh, probably, yeah, like B.D. Wong's older cat, right? So they're, they're probably, there we go. Um, that's the reference, I don't know. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, Olivia Wang Yu, hello, I am a Chinese college student studying at USCD and recently got to MMA in MMA last year. Chinese MMA community, mainly fans of Zhang Zhang Wei Li, uh, recommended this podcast to learn about MMA. Thank you, I'll try to get to the MMA shortly here. Uh, last one uh, before my guy goes Phantom and we'll get on. Uh, Garmbopolis Rosen, hello Dan, good to see you. Good luck with your picks and plays. Hopefully Leon wins because I am not a fan of the Usman cringe. Listen, I, I, I get I get how Usman talks in a certain way, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that fight. I got, I got love for both guys. Uh, Ghost Phantom, hey Dan, protect your neck with a baseball hat, two-on-one preferably. That's right, my man. Uh, Esther Liu, hi. Jack Slack said he was disappointed at the rest of the UFC card. Do you agree? Uh, I didn't go much. <laughs> I didn't research much past the feature prelim. Spoiler alert. Oh, I, I lied. I see my man Brad Tashuk in the house. I'm one bad card away from the food kitchens at this point, Dan. My guy Brad. Uh, buddy, you're you due. Uh, you know, so so are the rest of my uh, homies over there from the analysis. I believe. I believe. I want to believe. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel you. I've been three steps close to the edge. And people like, you know, uh, probably Bradley and others, I'm sure, have talked me away from it multiple times this past year. So, believe me, I am not uh, too high off the results, which we'll get to here. 17 minutes in for Bellator. 292. Uh, we went 2-1 um, and one in straight plays. Uh, let's see here. Um of course, Scar was headlined by Usman Nurmagomedov uh, defending his title within the Grand Prix confines, confines to Benson Henderson. Uh, picked this one by decision. It was just like I was going to pick finish, and then it was like which way, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe most hopeful thinking that Benson Henderson can go out on one of those ever-rare uh, inspiring losses. He's hard to finish, you know? Maybe the moral victory going the decision. Not really, and I'm glad I didn't bet it, and I'm glad I exercised discipline in my lean to bet Nurmagomedov by decision. Um, the shots I did take though under that with the Grand Prix fight, a one many of us were looking for, was ended kind of anticlimactically, albeit by a legal blow that apparently fractured Tufiki Misayev's ribs when Alexander Shabley, who cashed the 1.5 unit play, uh, minus 145 was the magic number for Bellator. And uh, we'll get to Victor Henry over um, on the UFC. Uh, but uh, very grateful. Um, even though you could argue neither were lucky bounces, I still feel grateful. I still feel very lucky, nonetheless, believe me. split We'll get to the split decision. You should always feel lucky for that in MMA, regardless if it's justified or not. It's, it's a reality at this point, right? And um, Shabley, just because of the, uh, you know, at first I, 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 I wasn't sure if it was legal or not. And, uh, you know, I've had plays taken, you know, uh, taken from me in those situations before. 
Um, so it's just you always want to be careful, you know. You know, was it, what is it? A Holland uh, Dukakis comes to mind. Anyone who was on the Dukakis side is counting their ticket too early. No, no, no. In, in interjects Herb Dean, who wasn't even refing the fight to influence uh, Big Dan, who went with the call. That that was that was very crucial for Dukakis's Doc, uh, record contract. It, kind of wow, that guy. And then he ended up fighting his contract after that. Wow. But um, but yeah. Anyways, it's just these things can go crazy ways. Point being, um, that being said, despite a non-crazy start, uh, I did like the body work and the slow build encounters. I felt like it was going more Shavley's way. Uh, most people familiar with these fighters, and even if you did the old resume breakdown on gazing, you'll see one is more experienced in the later rounds. Um, for what that's worth. But again, I feel uh, grateful and lucky to have gotten this one. I missed the start of the fight and when I tuned into Linton Vassal. Um, I don't know why I, Vassal sounds like something like sexual. Something there? Or is it just my perverted? That's nah, probably my perverted head. Versus Valentin Moldavsky. But again, my, 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 you know, it's, it's a very low percentage game. It's not a fun game to play. You're going to lose more often than not trying to, you know, play the uh, spot the fake Russian. Uh, to be in a very crude, ignorant uh, term, uh, don't take that at face value, very jokingly, folks. But you know what I'm saying. You know when it comes to what is it? Uh, you know Shamil Gamzatov. Sh I, I call Shamzatov, for example, right? You guys know what I'm saying, right? Uh, KD's ear uh, sounds like the Jurassic Park dude who in the PlayStation uh, original game from 1994 when he gets eaten by the raptor when he tries to go for takedowns. Ibragamov. Shouts to anybody who got that reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dan, relevant references. Wow, video gamer. Tell us what's new on the block. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, like, again, he, he his conservative style, it's not just not sexy. And I'm a guy who, you know, would defend, um, you know, I don't know how hard I defended the grinding styles of the John Fitches and Jake Shields of the day, but, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, that's just how some of us grapple, you know. <laughs> Because I've got a very grindy style um, myself, I guess. But uh, but yeah, you know. But but at heavyweight, it's different. You know, you you conservative can mean safe, but conservative and safe at heavyweight is not safe because you're in there longer for bad things to happen. Um, and you know, thankfully, Linton Vassell, I did tune in in time for him to clip Moldovsky and cash that plus two seventy five ticket. Um, Page versus Goiti Yamauchi. Uh, this was the only miss, and it was by injury. And I'm not even going to be sour grapes about it. I just hope, you know, Yamauchi is okay, man. Um, he's just been getting himself into crazy shape, and he is still in his prime. So you just really hope. Patel tendons, no joke. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, shouts to my guy, uh, MMA Junkie George over there on MMA Junkie Junkie Radio. Um, that dude had a long recovery. I was there when he snapped his one during our. Uh, it was during our military uh, visit. Uh, I think it was only him and Misha Tate were the only ones uh, brave enough to volunteer to put the uh, dog suit on and get it mauled by dogs. Uh, me, Colby, and uh, Paul Felder were like, "Nope, no, thank you." <laughs> Goes we're like, "Nope." <laughs> uh, but yeah, the dog took. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure I speak about that because technically it never happened. Point is, uh, Patel attendant. <laughs> <laughs> American military, baby. Wake up with your stuff on your phone uh, disappeared. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, where the hell was I? Anyways, I hope Yamauchi is okay. Uh, didn't uh, watch the undercard. I uh, didn't see my guy, uh, Yagji Muradov, defeat Anglicus. Or any of uh, the hill uh, Cast bell uh, decision. Didn't catch any of that. Can't really weigh in on that. Where are we? 22. 
Let's go to UFC recap. My handwriting looks so messy. It looks like I'm writing in like a Sanskrit or something. I don't know what Sanskrit, what it's called. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like a... <laughs> It looks like I'm writing directions on a wall in Qatar with the, with the scribbliness of my of my writing. It's pretty bad. All right, uh, UFC two uh, Las Vegas uh, took place. We went. Um, what the fuck did we go? I wrote my plays. We went two and five uh, overall. Two and two in straight plays. Sorry, two and five. Jesus, my S's look like fives. Two and two in straight plays. Zero oh and two in props. Uh, one out of four in the round robin, which meant nothing, and which also meant zero for one uh, in the long shot parlay. But we still squeaked out um, profit. Uh, I can't remember how much; it was barely any, uh, and I'm just happy to get away with a winning night. Um, I, I wrote landsman, so we'll, we'll page note that that was very apropos, considering I recorded last week's podcast before the weigh-in. Um, but let's see how we did overall. We went one. Two, one and one, two and one, three and one, four and one, five and one. Ooh, five and one on the prelims. That's good. Or on the main card. That's good. Um, five and two. Ooh, five and three. Ooh, five and four. Six and four. Ooh, six and five. Ooh, six and six. Ah, oh, seven and six. We finished positive. Yay! <laughs> you got to see that in real time, folks. Uh, seven and six overall on the card. Uh, of course, I'm gonna go from where I was drunkest and where I have least recollection, recollection, and where I should have most recollection, and where you guys are most interested. And I will surely fail for the reasons I just mentioned. Rod Davilashvili defeated Peter Khan via unanimous decision, 50-45 across the board. I was too drunk, but uh, I but by the time the main event happened. And considering that all my official action was over, I will admit I did take a, uh, um, I did take some tickets at the counter. I, I think I came out just short of the counter unofficially on track. But you guys know I've I've posted both winning and losing. Who posts their losing tickets? You know, I did that last time. You guys know me. I'm not one to hide there. Uh, but for what it's worth, I was uh, too drunk to post anything really. I was like, oh, what did I post? Um, I did take like a parlay. I think that was like just just for shits and giggles that had like Krylov, Henry, and Jan. So that, that, that didn't hit, but I didn't give a shit at that point. Um, I must have been sitting in the Georgian f flag section. I mean, there was a lot of Georgian flags everywhere, but there was, like, a, an immense crowd of them. And uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not getting beat up today. Georgia! Marab, baby! <laughs> Marab, yeah! Yeah! Give him fist bump. <laughs> I had a flag, I'd be fucking waving it, too. Uh, it was just awesome, uh, you know, live crowd experience. It was big enough to have a crowd but small enough to be intimate, which I don't know about you guys. Feel free. I, I said this last time in the chat. Feel free to tell me in the chat. What do you, what's your guys' favorite? Do you guys like the more intimate venues? Um, if you have been able and lucky enough to go to the Apex and could afford it, um, let me know what you think of that. Uh, or you like the big giant venues, outdoor stadiums. You know, how do you get down? You know, what's your uh, what's your strand? Hit in the chat below. Uh, I like that nice intimate kind of balance feel, to be honest. Um, you know, you, I do feel for shorter people as a, I don't know, I, I am short according to Tinder, these, these, uh, the, you know, the, according to this generation, uh, but, uh, five, nine, you know, I was like, as average dude, I, you know, I have to, uh, you know, kind of strategically make sure that there wasn't any, you know, six, three people in front of me, but I'm like, man, uh, 
I'm just saying for people, uh, you know, looking to buy uh, stuff at the Virgin Hotel. I, I went to concerts there before, you a little bit more free to move around, but you know, in the fight scenario, you're, you're kind of got your seat right. You can seat hop if it's open and all that normal tricks. But just letting you guys know, um, if you're deciding, do I shell out for the upper deck or for the bleachers? Um, but for me, uh, I, didn't, I, I honestly didn't have a problem. I was having a good time. I think I was up on a chair by the time Rob was fighting, just fucking just cheering on the walkout. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. there. Oh, Jesus, stinky man. Uh, Benji farted. Um, it's okay. Grateful he's around, too. Uh, stink up my office. He, just kidding. I love him, but, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's what he that's what he does these days. Alexander Volkov defeated Alexander Romanov. Uh, sorry for the Michael Schiavello. Uh, uh, again, even when I pick uh, even when I pick Volkov correctly, my my record, I think picking his fights increases to four out of his last fourteen, which is still fucking terrible. And my betting record is easily worse than that on him because even this time, uh, yeah. Uh, the rounds two and three, uh, and no uh, live pickups past round one because Romanov just came out and he looked on the scale. Again, I, I wrote Landsman down because um, I was listening to an interview and like I was like I even called this out, you know, even though didn't say and expecting him to be that big or that big again. I was like, who's he training with, right? Like he's back, you know, he's back in Moldova. Is that where he's at? And I'm like, and then I listened to an interview. Remember I said, I said, he stopped to train in Baltimore. I'm like, who's he training with Baltimore? Like, the wires in Baltimore. Was he training with Landsman? Which was kind of ironic that I said Landsman. Uh, if you want to look up Landsman, he's, you know, you know, he, because he showed up on the scale looking like Landsman. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it was uh, it was pretty intense. So we got, uh, we got, we got Landsman, uh, Moldovan Landsman over there. Um went down by TKO, that was just depressing, I was like, alright, well, <laughs> um, and then I think I looked over at this point and saw, like, a beer and a half, and I was like, oh, I'm behind on the beers, I better get drinking, <laughs> oh, God. oh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm, I'm cutting, I'm cutting back, and I'm getting back on the training schedule, I'm probably gonna have to do it after Saturday, whether I do a live commentary stream or not, I'm gonna map out my week, because by Sunday, by Sunday, it's too late, and apologies to those of you I haven't gotten uh, back to in DMs. It's been it's been so crazy this week. Jonathan Martinez defeated Saeed Nurmagomedov via unanimous decision. Again, I will consider myself, even though people I respect, people that have no uh, no bets, no no skin in the game, people that I respect, unbiased, and back, went back to rewatch. People that do podcasts on scoring. Shouts to the Couchside judges. Um, all these people agreed that my guy Jonathan Martinez was the more damaging fighter and should have got the nod. Um, but it was a close fight, man. It looked like a close fight, and it, it wasn't just competitive. Again, competitive and close are different things. Close is when you start talking about justifying scores the other way. You know, competitive is just you know not getting blown out of the water can can qualify you for competitive depending on the definer, right? Um, this was close. So, again, no victory laps. No I told you so's. Incredibly grateful. Uh, but between me being drunk and just loving... And you guys know, man, Jonathan Martinez is my guy. Like, he is one of those fighters, and because of this probably, just like the Blagoy Ivanovs or, you know, people with just, you know, any kind of uh, awkward bodies. We'll talk about Brian Barbarina coming up. They just get disrespected. You know, even if the odds makers end up being right as far as who's favored, uh, just... The, the wideness, you can argue every time. These guys are dogs, man. And, um, 
you know, much more talented than just scrappers than that they are semi-reluctantly even given credit for sometimes. And Jonathan Martinez is even worse because he came in short notice, uh, you know, up a division that he subsequently has had some hard time making, right? Uh, but losing to a guy who was also a victim of that, to Andre, you know, Sukumtat, you know, my guy Sukumtat. Uh, but, like, yeah, and, and, and I know, you know, Sukumtat, you know, wasn't, like, some top 15 fighter or anything. I never said that or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, that guy would just get unbelievably shit on. And, and it just, you know... I never felt it was the most fair, you know. He, yes, did he struggle putting things together and this and that, but but there, you know, he was just one of those guys, right? And then so to get beat by that guy who people already don't hold high, and even people like me who defend him, you know, I'm not saying he's like some crazy, you know, high grade top shelf talent. No offense to the guy, all respect, right? Um, but yeah, you come in losing to a guy like that, like you have that brand on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like the kid that always gets picked on, you know. The kid that's always getting picked on and stuff at school, and you're the new kid at school, and that kid that always gets picked on like decides to steal on you to try to take the spotlight off him. That, that, that shit works sometimes, you know? Um, and, and so watching Martinez have to shake that, and even people I respect, like listening to them talk about this, the, the Andre Ull fight, like it was a loss. What anybody with two eyes can see, that was just one of the most terrible scorecards ever. Um, even people who, you know, back to defending... Thing, what what um what my guy was saying you know about you know defend you know media defending media or you know it's the same energy as like media or people in the space you know overly defending officials like listen we, we, we got to be honest at the end of the day if I got to come on here every week and take my lickings um you know and be accountable publicly in multiple mediums and multiple facets um can, am I not allowed to tweet from my account or talk on my own a show what I feel like are fair and valid criticisms right like um, so yeah I get it you know but even people who you, you know uh, who are not quick to, to criticize the judging was like oh that was bad judging on that fight right so seeing and, and just having to just oh go through these not like the fighter has to go through by any means who the fuck am I but I'm just saying as a fan right as we do uh, go through these tribulations following these guys and, and to watch them have their day against a dude with the last name of Magomedov even though there's no relation was just awesome and by this point I was just I you know again I, I make fun you know you think Dan's a hipster he's so highbrow he's not about fun like I'll tell you man you sit me next you, you sit me next to the uh, the savages and I'm I'm having just as much fun as everybody uh, and I'm talking about the uh, MMA crowds in general you know, I'll definitely make my jokes about him. But, dude, I was an MMA crowd member. Like, it was like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I went on the next day, but hopefully no one had a... Uh, by the way, shout out. Cause, because before, while I was going to my seat, th you know, thankfully not in my section, I probably would have had videos. But, like, there are podca I, uh, podcast listeners stopped me. I'm gonna get, I told them I'd give them a shout on the show. It was uh, Vegas Jake Jack. Shout out Vegas Jake Jack. Uh, somebody's shouted out me, uh, me in the podcast. So, I was appreciative, but I'm like, holy crap, I gotta be careful. I can't be uh, acting like an ass on these streets. <laughs> Smash cut to me acting like an ass on these streets. I was like, Martinez! He's not even related! Body work! Body work! Like, I was just literally yelling like that. It was hilarious. Like, well, not hilarious to anybody but me. You know, probably to you guys, because you can laugh at me. Um, <laughs> that's why I tweeted at one point again. Probably not good I tweet this stuff, you know? contract time it's like who is this guy wanting uh, wanting more money and work uh, oh the same guy going to shows drunkenly hey 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 i didn't i, I never abuse my uh, my credential folks that's why i never go to these shows because i don't 
uh, if you go to a show, you got to work. I went as a as a as a fan with a, with a, with a general admission ticket. Okay, so it's all good. Uh, but yeah, like, he's not even related. And some guy like turns around and he just goes and he just gives me like the, the Lee Trevino from Happy Gilmore, like the, the, head, head, the shaking his head, you know, and I just kind of put my hands up and like, hey, and I was like, well, he might win. He, your guy, because I can tell he's an Armaga Madoff fan. I'm like, your guy might still win, but it's true, factually true. And the guy kind of just like giggled and turned back around kind of a deal. And we had the last laugh, baby. <laughs> Him and probably everybody else in my section who, I don't know, I was by a lot of Georgians, so maybe they didn't bet the Russian. You know what I'm saying, right? Um, yeah, sorry, you're getting Dan Tom's drunken recap. It's not very technical. Mario De Bautista defeated Guido Canetti round one by submission. The line had it exactly right. They made that fight unbettable. Uh, Vitor Petrino defeated Ancon Tur Turcal. Um, again, I was like, oh, God, I was like drunk, and I started like tweeting on a rant. I'm like, I should be grateful for that. I went back and read the tweet. It's actually very fair. And I even said this was a really good fight night. This was a really good fight night. And again, like I said on Twitter, and like I said to my man Martin, incredibly grateful to get to go, incredibly grateful to be able to do what I do. Um, but you got to understand, when I'm seeing the Twitter timeline and when we're, you know, I have nothing to do but drink. This is probably why, why I got so drunk because between Carl Williams and Lucas Bresky and Vitor Petrino and Turkow, like, it was just like, holy crap, like, this is an actual good fight night card and they still managed to fuck up. They still managed to find the Contender Series uh, too raw to put in a very nice way, which is the nice way of saying it. Um, big guy divisions, which you know, again, I love my big guys to who, you know, Julia Marquez, uh, you know, uh, I've had Sam Alvey first, dude, do it on the show. Todd Duffy almost did a podcast with that guy. Me and him, you know, are friends. I'm not shitting on the big dudes. Those guys all follow, follow me, and I'm not, not shitting on your divisions. It's just for entertainment purposes and pacing, right, for, uh, as far as pacing goes. Like, is it crazy and unfair for me to say that we're probably going to get a more well-rounded well and higher-paced fight? from people under the 170 than a 185 and above per se yet again the matchmakers god forbid they're just probably so pissed that they actually have to you know headline a bantamweight uh, fight night you know which are awesome and we thankfully we have some more coming down the pike but um but yeah like let, we gotta throw light heavyweights and like middleweights or heavyweights or whatever for card lead-ins and I know it wasn't a pay-per-view so it wasn't like your typical prelim lead-in but you know the, the feature prelim still should be a spot that that is cared for it still serves a purpose right uh even especially when some of these fight night cards will change broadcasts even within the same mother channel of ESPN 1 to a 2 sometimes right and ABC here at ESPN plus there all the more reason to uh you know, make sure you're having, you know, important things, bridging those gaps, leading in and out. I don't know. <sighs> no. Big guys. Big raw guys. And to almost double down on it, just like, again, I told you guys this, just like I told you all these other things that continue to freaking happen, right? Um, like the USADA dog and pony show. Like, everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, dog and pony show. I'm like, oh, who's been saying that since the fucking Jump Street, folks? This is not news. It's just This is just more information, you know, being realized to it. 
But yes, file it under that category, I guess, with card structures and whatnot. But another thing that I said with that regard, where Dana will do, and now you know. Like, there'll be so many good fights and he won't go, and now you know. But if just a anybody from the Contender Series, I, I think I've even seen it people that he, he refused to sign, and they still got on there anyways, because again, it's we got everyone wants to fight, ultimate filler content. Um, and just anyone from a Contender Series wins? Even if someone didn't give the contract, I'd be like, now you know. And uh, and it's the same thing. It's like, it, I feel like they're like, we got to, maybe it isn't Mick and Sean. And maybe they don't have a fetish with big dudes that we're not aware of, which is fine. Again, you want to have a, have, a, have, you know, have a dude fetish, have a dude fetish all you want. Can we just try to structure the cards a little better? I don't know. But maybe it's not them. Maybe it's Dana with, you know, and he's, you know, he's just, like, still living, like, again, if Dana's head is, like, fucking new metal is still new, even though that's not how it's spelled, but I'm gonna ignore that because I probably don't know the difference, uh, and it's fucking awesome, and everybody still loves it, just like they love Eclipse, a polarized gum, you know, he keeps the bowl of polarized in his office, um, I don't know if he still does, he did that Apex office tour. But uh, according to his logic, if he's still living 20 years in the past, um, like the light heavyweights and the heavyweights are like the marquee shit, right? That's the marquee shit. I mean, that's also because <laughs> 170 and below really didn't exist in the UFC. But yeah, yeah, if we're going 20 years ago, according to Dana's logic, maybe that's it. And, and so he just doubles down. And sure enough, what gets fight of the night? Is it Marab and Jan? No. It's fucking Pleasure Man, who used to be called the Pleasure Boy, by the way. I don't... Should should we be worried about that? Like, what, what was going on there? Uh, but, you know, Pleasure Boy and Petrino. Get get fight of the night. Like, what the fuck are they even doing? Um. Anyways, uh, and then, you know, uh, yeah, Davy Grant. Davy Grant. <laughs> Davy Grant. Swinging bones. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, yeah, who called that, man? Reverse triangle. Uh, Rafael Sunsau. Um... I'm not going to get too into this because, again, I bet it. I'm a, a Sun Sal fan. I'm a fan of veterans. And he trained out of Extreme Couture. And my guy Eric Nixick was in the corner. Like, I have all the biases against me. If I disagree with any of this, it's going to be, like, of course you disagree, Dan. So, um, I honestly didn't get emotional about it on the fight. I, I still got to rewatch it. And I still haven't rewatched this or anything because I haven't had time because I had to immediately turn the page while still trying to recover <laughs> from uh, a multitude of things. Um,. I will say that, uh, yeah, it, it does suck, and it does. I see the point. Everybody is saying how it almost rewards you to foul in MMA. Um, I will say that is true, not just in this scenario, but pretty much in all scenarios. It's just, it's bad, and you know, it's uh, the system is not exactly uh, the greatest in that regard. So, I don't disagree with those things, and I particularly don't disagree slash agree with people giving the notes of. They were, and it's hard to call in the time. That's all. That's another thing too. It's an incredible. Again, I, I'll defend the officials here because it is a hard job, man. I don't envy these guys, whether it's the judges or the referees, doing real time. But yes, I do believe they should be calling the point and allowing the action to kind of just kind of continue through um, and let it play out uh, organically. You know, and a sunset probably would have been able to go on top. And you know, again, my bet and all my biases aside, people that had no skin in the game. We're sad to see that, you know, a guy not just on his way to winning, but that was his last fight. Now he has to retire, you know, uh, you know, getting strangled unconscious after the disrespect, you know, 
again, you you want to talk about title shots, and I don't blame you know Longo and those guys getting you know you know all uppity and uptight about anybody that wants to bring up and pair Marab versus Aljo, because um, you know at the end of the day, what, what the fuck are we, are we pretending these rankings mean anything? We're pretending number one contender means anything. Look at us, look at a Sun Sal, right, just below the card. How how many title shots could you have justified through that guy's UFC tenure? The, the WEC vet, right? Like, shit. So, it's just, uh, it's a brutal game, man. It's a brutal game. Congrats to Davey Grant. Glad his son sounds okay. Uh, Josh Friend defeated Cedric Dumas. Uh, I was happy for Friend just because he just seems like a hardworking dude and just really brutal loss last time out. Kind of got to avenge it here. Um, and, yeah, I just didn't get why, 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 uh, the line was getting so heavily steamed toward Dumas, and apparently the dude had a bunch of uh, domestic abuse charges. Not to you know, just cherry pick things to make people feel bad. You look deep. You look deep into any fighters or our own backgrounds, right? Maybe not the same, obviously. But I mean, let he who cast the first stone. For anybody who wants to say that, I, I, I get it. But I will say it is kind of ironic. Apparently, this guy picked up some DV charges after getting signed. Um, you know, never come back from hitting the women. Never come back from hitting the women, folks. That's that is that is that has clearly been established this year. Now, uh, anyways, uh, happy to see Fram win. That's all I'll say on that. Victor Henry defeated Tony Gravely. Oh, Gravely! Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, just, um, very happy just because of Victor Suffer uh, body work. I was just screaming body work. I was probably you know buzzed enough to be be, be yelling about the body work here. Uh, so I was happy to see that rewarded. But again, this was a close fight, folks. I am not going to victory lap or go, that's right, baby, that's right, uh, or anything like that. Like, no, no. This is, I got very lucky here. I'm very grateful to get out of this one. I'm very grateful to get a split decision to go my way, as I tweeted. Uh, not to shit on anybody who took it, but glad I avoided the J.J. Aldridge because who could, you know, wow, I mean... Both Lipsky looking good and Aldridge looking bad. I don't want to focus too much on the latter because I don't want to take away from Lipsky. But yeah, those body knees, man. It felt like watching Vintage Cerrone when he got the beat on somebody and was just landing body knees. That's what it felt like. So good on Lipsky. Bruno Silva defeated Tyson Nam. Of course, I was on Hawaii, Tyson Nam. But uh, I, I got a good view of that front kick in person. Oh, my God, it was beautiful. So just like I gave props to uh, live, uh, props to Silva for that, man. Um, I hope Nam's okay. Carlson Harris defeated Jared Gooden via unanimous decision. I missed this fight. We were kind of rolling in right around this fight. Um, just got to get getting some food in me. To uh, otherwise, I really would have been in trouble. I probably would have been like, I would I probably would have been like the girl rushing the octagon. You know, that that Kay Hansen looking girl who rushes the octagon. That viral video from a bit ago. Uh, yeah. All right. Forty five. That ends. Uh, let's go to Amazon uh, reads quickly, and then I'll clean up the chat before we. Uh, get the breakdown knocked out of the park here huh um you know what i gotta uh, share this bad boy too but uh I'll, I'll, I'll do that when we do the breakdown how about that now i don't gotta feel bad of course uh mixedmarshallanalyst.com sports this year program um it's my, my website it hosts this year show i should say uh you guys support the show by sharing and liking and all those things but in case you want to do more there's super likes super chats if you're watching live right now on youtube if you're listening in the future 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 again mixedmarshallanalyst.com has links like a uh, secure paypal donation link as well as the one um is it 
here. Creepy thumbs up. At DanTomMMA, my link tree on Twitter. Also there, secure PayPal link if you want to make a straight up donation to the show. But if you don't want to spend any extra money and you shop at places like Amazon or Onnit, you click on Onnit click-through banner or Amazon click-through banner. No extra costs. It will kick back a small percentage of your purchase right here to this year program, and it really helps a lot. Uh, Onnit doesn't tell me any information, and Amazon doesn't tell you, me any personal information. Uh, but it does tell me what is bought. So, uh, for example... Um, it won't tell me your name or anything like that, folks. So don't worry if you want to, you know, take a shot, make another day, David Carradine joke. If you want to be David Carradine, have your own one night in Bangkok, buy the special kimono, the vibrating nunchucks, the silk rope, right? Right? I'm just saying, folks, somewhere there's an eight, you know. <laughs> I was working on uh, security, and it was, it was a former, and I remember that David Carradine news broke, and like, he, you know, erotic asphyxiation or whatever, this or that. And uh, I, I was watching the news, one of those overhead in the lunchroom under the Wind Hotel. And uh, one of the guys I worked with, David, who was an ex, like a drug cop from Arizona, a lot of ex-cops, military in those positions, right? He was just looking at it, and he's like, son of a bitch. And I look over, I was like, oh, is this guy a David Carradine fan or something? And he's just like, I'm telling you, Dan, I'm telling you. Somewhere in Bangkok right now, there is an eight-year-old boy that knows exactly what happened in that room. With a straight face, I was like, "I love you, David." <laughs> How the hell did we get on this? The point is, if you want to have your own one night in Bangkok, hopefully not asphyxiate yourself, be sure to click through the Amazon link first. Support this year's show, so you are uh, squeezing out to a good cause. Somebody bought a <laughs> hand duo. Uh, I don't. It, it, it's my both dyslexia and my head is still in the dirty place. Uh, Juan Nuo dual monitor stand and adjustable spring monitor. Thank you for that. That was not uh, cheap. Someone bought a 12-piece Kanai throwing knife set. Is this the same person buying all the ninja stuff? That's buying all the tactical gear? Uh, hopefully I'm not on your list. Uh, okay, all right. Um, somebody bought a Asus VP2HE 2.15 monitor. Full 1080p. That was not cheap either. Thank you for purchasing that through the click-through link. Really appreciate that. Uh, someone bought a Fichi green screen backdrop stand. Oh, wow. Somebody's getting uh, doing their own little shows, huh? Plus, a, a ten, and someone also bought a 1080p webcam, USB with microphone. Nice. Good stuff. Thank you for thinking of me for the click-through. What else we got here? Somebody else bought a Friday the 13th 8 movie collection on Blu-ray. That wasn't cheap. Thank you very much who bought that. A fellow horror movie uh, fan and connoisseur. I appreciate that. I haven't seen this one yet. You guys can let me know in the chat without spoiling it if it was good. But uh, The Whale with Brendan Fraser. I'm late on a lot of the movies and stuff. But anybody see The Whale? Somebody bought that. Uh, or a, a pre-order of sorts. Uh, thank you for clicking through the Amazon links there. Really, really uh, appreciate that. Going to try to clean up the... Uh, Clean up the chat. We got RJ Bertle in the house. I read your analysis. I hope Leon wins it well as well. Shh, we're gonna get to it. Just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it's already out there. The in-depth, of course, MMAJunkie.com, as per usual. Gaia Nightlord, why didn't any of the media members ask Kamaru and Justin about their testing weapons for a violent dictator? You know, I didn't I, I didn't finish on the interviews, but I was just thinking about that. I'm like, did anybody ask? I was gonna I was actually gonna ask if any if you guys caught um, if you heard anybody ask him this week, because I, I haven't either. So, yeah, if anybody hears that or has heard different, please um, 
Please feel free to interject. Uh, Dan Hamilton, Stone Cold Stunner, then crack open a Budweiser. Hell yeah! Uh, let's go, Brad Tashchuk, because the media at those events value access to UFC cards more than the answer to those questions. Yeah, there's, there's also, right, I mean, not just, you know, uh, fellow media members or, you know, uh, officials. Uh, obviously, the main elephant in the room is, is access, right? Access and how that affects the way people speak or doesn't affect depends right it's absolutely the elephant in the room uh, or the main one uh spot on bradley uh, kyle johnson honestly one of the better nate impressions i've ever heard this is pretty it's it was a pretty bad one man but thank you kyle i appreciate it um craig johnston hello from heathrow rooting for leon edwards england in the house solid avi there Dan Hamilton, Razor Ramon, hey yo, ah, Razor Ramon fan, a man, a man of taste and uh, pleasure, huh? Uh, da, 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 da. First Amendment right comes with the right to offend others, I suppose so. Jen Karasu says, I never bet, but I like to root for Dan's picks just so he can make money. I, I appreciate the good juju. Um, you know, I, I'll take it, I'll take it, you know, we could probably all be sending our juju to more productive places than my bets, of course, but I will take it. Uh, Ghost Phantom, Linton Vassal from Milton Kynes was my favorite moment of the card. It was mine too, Ghost Phantom. It was mine too. Um, could have been a Jack Slacks as well. Uh, Kyle Johnson says, hit on a parlay with Barzola, Josh Hill, and LFA fighter Rodolfo Bellato, but definitely dodged a bullet with the Hill decision. I'm glad it went your way, my friend. I'm glad it went your way. Um, a vassal is a term for someone else's subordinate. That's that may that's maybe why you think it's sexual. Okay, a vessel, maybe a vessel, a, a vassal. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. We're learning. We're learning every day. Beer, cheese with pretzels are awesome, by the way. Don't tempt me. I've been a good boy this week. Uh, all right. Uh, did you know? Did you know the Georgians to start calling him the snooze machine? Brad, you know, you know what would have been would have been great if I fell asleep because I have no, I I don't have a recollection. So like maybe I did pass out during the main event. Like if only someone could have snapped a picture, like that would have been so perfect. <laughs> like <laughs> just me passed out with like a, a with like a beer spilled like Georgian flag over my face. <laughs> That would have gone over well. Um, Kyle Johnson, Aldridge busted one parlay for me, but turned a profit with some others that had Batista and Henry uh, slash Gravely plus Martinez slash Saeed overs. Glad to see you back on track, Dan. Well, we'll see, but thank you. Glad to see you make it out alive. Um, Jin Karasu says, I'm a big crowd type of guy. Lots of energy. Nothing wrong with that. Lots of energy indeed. Kyle Johnson says he prefers intimate, intimate venues with a good crowd or the best for any concert and event, in my opinion. I, I, I dig it, too. He says, got to sit cage side uh, for some upstate New York events. Marias Rivera, RDA Lee, and it was great. Oh, nice. Nice. Low-key events there. Uh, Esther Liu says, I think I like... I think big crowds. I was at UFC 275 at the Singapore Indoor Stadium, and atmosphere was incredible. Ooh, that show looked fun too. I was just watching an event from that show. Gotta go to Singapore sometime. I gotta, I gotta hit, 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 hit uh, that part of Asia. Um, all right, I want to get, uh, get going on here. I do see uh, some other new people on the channels. Uh, 
Uh, we got uh, Jaden Banel. I haven't seen him. He says, are you a fan of the UFC putting all the Dana, the white power slap uh, in front of all the UFC event? Not a fan of that. Also, uh, Third Reich. Oh, you got all the, the you got all the, the the nicknames. I love it. Also, Third Reich's duplicy is funny as a name and meme fighter uh, is funny as a name and as a meme fighter. And he's so bad yet gotten title contention again. I was warning you guys about this guy's views, and slowly but surely, uh, you know, with the help of him, of him, of course, having no shame, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's talking about what we here have been talking about on this show. And boy, let me tell you, the uh, the comments have been disturbing, disturbing to say the least. You know, I was I was gonna say like it felt like an Aljamain Sterling fight week in the sense of like just seeing the comments on like Kamaru Usman stuff. And again, you don't have to be a fan of the guy. That's totally cool. I'm talking about more like the racial stuff. Obviously, is the elephant in the room there? The common thread, right? Let's be honest. And then you know, not the most sensitive of crowds. But then I just looked at the comments of like the Africa thing alone, and I'm like, unless everybody is like selling out to pro wrestling status levels of the jokes that hey I myself you know I'd like to think that I'm punching uh, 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 punching uh, up instead of down but uh, but yeah I myself make jokes too I'm not above it folks I'm not trying to be moralistic here uh, you woke moralist uh, <laughs> or anything like that uh, but yeah like um, but yeah like just seeing the comments I was just like oh god okay Back to work I go. That's for dang sure. Ugh. Again, not saying you gotta like Usman or anybody. That's that's totally fine if you don't. I'm just talking about the, the weird racial stuff. Um. All right, Ramundo Martin, my man, one of the best in the business. Let's cash some tickets. Yes, me and you both. Hopefully, Ramundo. I hope you're well, my man. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been crazy. Channel DX. Main event wasn't as boring as people want to make it. Really crazy performance from Marab. Yeah, yeah. I want to rewatch it again, but uh, I'm sure I'll have no issue with uh, scores or entertainment level uh, as far as that goes. Massive props to Marab. All right, 5623. Uh, we'll start breakdown soon. I'm going to actually try to share this out here. And uh, we'll get going. Boom. All right, gonna tweet this out, and we will. Uh, here. Join here. All right, it's out. Thank you guys. You know, as per usual, live. You guys, you guys can't fast forward to the recap or the the chat questions. So if that's not your thing, I apologize, and I appreciate you sticking with uh with me here nonetheless. So uh, we're gonna go fifty seven. 08 start UFC 286 baby all right UFC 286 in the house we got Leon Edwards defending the title against Kamara Usman for a rubber match a rematch from their rematch that makes sense is it still considered a rematch if it is Edwards is one and oh in rematch whereas uh Usman is six and one in rematches two and one or two and one in rematches I should say six and one against UFC level Southpaws, of course, that one in both columns is the man we'll be breaking down uh, himself, Edwards. Uh, let's see, let's get some odds here. I'm sure, we still have Usman still as a favorite considerably. Which I have no issue with him being the designated favorite. Minus two forty-five comeback on Edwards, uh, plus two hundred five, roughly give or take, depending on where you look. Um, as alluded to, as my publications have already put out, uh, I ended up picking Edwards here. I didn't. 
going expecting to pick Edwards, and I do keep in mind whenever I do end up on the side, despite I think my man Luca Fieri tweeted out, uh, UFC champions going into immediate rematches after losing the title are 3-11 and in those fights. They do lose more often than not. That's not the stat or the reason why I'm going off it. I just wanted to cite that stat because it's interesting, and as usual, uh, shout uh, sources as best I can. You know me, never, never afraid to, to, to give the old shout a ruse there. Um, hopefully I'll be doing something with uh, Lucas shortly too soon. It's just been chaotic on my end there, so apologies on that. Um, but uh, but yeah, like um, aside from that, a lot of it's that recency bias, right? Like you just saw them win and you get taken in in the moment. I think we probably all had a little bit of that battle and feeling with the Figueredo Moreno, you know, quadrilogy or however you want to call it, um, the four fights in a row. Um, you're just like going back and forth, right, or whatever. Uh, so yeah, for this fight, uh, I ended up going with Edwards. Was it was funny, and again, no issues with the scores or anything. But and I get it; it's so busy. Like I don't want to watch tape anymore either. I get it, you know. But like, uh, cue the Dom Cruz meme. You didn't watch the tape, did you? Like everybody's saying, like oh, that was a dominant fight outside of the one head kick. I'm like, that's not true. Um, it was. It was built off of building bodywork, and I only clipped out a portion of it. I didn't even clip out all of it from the southpaw stance uh, that he did throughout the fight. And he actually did it a bit from the orthodox stance too. He did really good. Edwards did really. He fought more out of orthodox than he usually does. He will switch. That isn't not new, but he did it much more, which was strange. And I thought was 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 actually smart, and especially if you listen to takes. And again, I want to give credit. This isn't. Um, this isn't from my analysis. You won't find this in my analysis. But <clears throat> shout out to my guy Spencer Kite, who is just an excellent writer, interviewer, excellent dude in this space. I've had on this program before, I believe, a couple times. Um, he does these coaching articles, uh, and he did one with uh, my guy Sean Madden, who I obviously respect a lot, and uh, you know, uh, striking Muay Thai MMA striking coach, and uh, Eric Nixick, uh, MMA coach. Obviously, Eric's my boy. Uh, but uh, Eric had some good in, they both had great analysis in that piece and and, and uh, as far as this stuff goes I, I think it was Eric I'm pretty sure it was Eric that said um, you know uh, switching stances you know would, would make uh, <clears throat> Usman think about which legs to grab and this and that and that could definitely be a reason I think that's really good analysis whereas my analysis this is why it's also good to just bounce off of things and, and people and if you are able to you know I try to keep my filter clean for what I do but, but for you guys you can reference and get get the best of all worlds, right? And get a bunch of different perspectives. So if you read my analysis, I will talk about that di dynamic, but I talk about it more for the other side as far as switching stances, you know, um, buys the time and makes Usman more think about strikes. But yes, it would also make him think about in turn his offense more too. It's a very good point. And when Edwards goes orthodox even, he still kind of keeps in a bodybuilding theme. He's doing a lot of jabs, lead-handed jabs to the body, um, and then he's still kicking to the legs and stuff too as well uh, from those stances um, as well as you know again it also discounts and some people are, are, are at least you know remember, remember the first round and we'll include that in there you know kind of a broad brushing stereotype recap feels of the fight but like yeah and the fact that like Edwards clearly dominated the round and maybe could have came close to finishing the round if there wasn't as much glove grabbing going on you know it was like uh, one of those things where, like, I didn't realize it until the rewatch how much glove grabbing and cage grabbing Usman was doing. Uh, because, like, again, classic, like, 
I had a boss that said that said, said this, and I always related to it. Obviously, again, back to my luck with circumstantial timing, where uh, I had an old construction foreman would be like, "Hey, don't take your breaks longer, by the way. You know, don't don't Chicago guy, don't take your breaks longer, by the way. You know, because uh, you go past the 15 minutes, right? Yeah, right. You're gonna get caught, right? You're gonna see everybody doing it Monday through Friday, but the time you do it, you'll get caught. So just don't do it because you're gonna have that luck. And he would say that to kind of scare the guys, right? But for me, it worked because I'm like, oh, I am that guy. I would get caught. Yeah, I'm not going to take a longer break. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, th- that was kind of Leon Edwards when he – and it was a it was a bad cage grab. It was a position-altering one too. So uh, no shade to Herb, uh, so to speak, I guess. But, like, uh, yeah, like, it, you know, it was just kind of ironic that Edwards got called for it. Um, and another note that even in the rounds that, like, Usman clearly won, right, where there's no contest – uh, you know, uh, contesting for me or others. Um, another thing I noticed that literally every time they get into an over-under, one person has an overhook, one person has an underhook. Uh, I don't know if you'd classify this as a 50-50. 50-50 is like labeled so many different things, especially in MMA and grappling context. But uh, I call it an over-under tie-up in the clinch, right? Standing in the clinch, chest-to-chest, one underhook, one overhook. Um, Leon won all of those. Uh, he was able to stymie Usman, he was able to create multiple clinch turns and get himself back into the center. Of course, his directionality and his, you know, cage craft, so to speak, was just kind of maddening because he just kept backing himself to the fence too easily. Again, if you look at my highlight of the building body work, most of it was off of neutral space or at least the front foot, right? Or at least neutral space uh, and the front foot. Um... But when he did get closed in on the clinch, uh, he was able to win those tie-ups. In fact, in round two, if you look, not only was he able to do that a lot and stymie a lot of that clinch stuff, but he actually uses the same move that Usman cribbed off of John Jones, that overhook wrist feed. He uses it like twice uh, to get uh, separations from Usman. He used his own stuff against him, and Usman didn't know what to do. Um, you know, it, it, you know, Usman was able to get the, the fight to the ground and get some control time there, but those were either well-timed or, like, that random fake in round three or four were, like, are you, like, what's wrong, Leon? Are you that checked out? You're really going to let me get get in on this dog? All right, I'll take it. And he just takes him down? Like, those were the kind of shots he got him down. It wasn't through the clinch. He did not have success in the clinch. And even when he got him down, and even when he got him down and was attritional and Leon was tired and it was in within rounds that were clearly scored for Kamaru. Um, he didn't get a lot of damage off uh, because Leon was like taking notes from a lot of fighters. He was taking the body work from uh, Covington that Covington had success with and the leg work from RDA, but also from the RDA fight with Usman he took was the fact that he could just kind of turtle up and get up because there was no back threat being established, no back take threat. That's something RDA figured out, and despite being tired, outworked, and probably taking that fight on short notice as they did to RDA, just a fork up, a, so they could get a, a ranked contender, a name, a former title challenger, and these guys' resumes as they build them up. Unfortunately, the role RDA seemed to serve at that point, and since, um, yeah, even he was able to get up a lightweight repeatedly, former lightweight repeatedly. Uh, so Leon, in conjunction with some good wrist controls because he's really good about fighting the hands, um, was able to get up uh, and nullify a lot of the wrestling. 
so it becomes the elevation, you know? The elevation got both guys, you know? Sure, Leon might fight better, but maybe that also might mean Usman won't have his windows of lapses, right? It's like, well, was it just, again, just like saying it, it, all, it was just a lapse of concentration. Like, was it really just a lapse of concentration? Or was it a lot of factors piling into a chaotic MMA fight, folks? Probably the latter. And uh, we're not going to have those factors we will uh, of altitude. We will have factors of hometown, right? There's the English crowd, which will support Leon and boo Kamaru. But it will also be a lot of pressure on Leon, a lot more media obligations, even though he seems a lot more stress-free and happy around this time. Is he too happy? You know, you could go in a speculate. You get lost in a speculation city once we go down that route. But these are all things that I do got to at least acknowledge. Um, <clears throat> ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that Leon has always been a better fighter than most people give credit for, which is why only some at that technical nerds would, would give him credit. Um, uh, like myself, you know, even though I didn't pick him last time, I picked Usman, let's be clear here. Um, but you have a bit of that. You have, you know, people still believe in that, you know, they were, you know, Usman is still number one pound for pound, whether you even believed he was or not. I didn't have him there personally, and that's not a knock on him. But whether people believe that uh, wholeheartedly in our fans, so they're, they're willing him to get back, or they just accepted and acknowledge slash know him as one of those top guys, which is it's just fine if that's your, if, if that's your opinion. Um, I think, you know, holding on to that is what, what happens here. And now we, we go, okay, is he that guy? A, how much of that guy is he B, right? Which is usually the question I ask. And the more important question we should all ask, see, is how much of he, how much is he of any guy still, right? Um, this fight came off of uh, uncertain injuries. He's been dealing with a lot of hand injuries. Um, the guy's been dealing with, you know, there've been so, some reporter was drilling him about his knee injury and stuff, and he was laughing because he's been dealing with that his whole career, and it's funny. And um, <clears throat> and no one, you know. No one ever asked the injuries that I know about that, that, that I've sat on for a minute. Uh, but again, I thought I, don't, I think these are old injuries. These are from sources that are older sources that don't train with him anymore. But I mean, just for example, hearsay, it wasn't even his knee. It was just a femur. It actually is a femur issue, which sounds uber complicated to fix, right? Um... I'm not going to speculate on what that is. Also, speaking of speculation or hearsay, I don't think he does anymore, so that's why I'll say it now. But, uh, you know, there was a point where may or may not have been wearing like kind of like a girdle thing to to keep your ribs and chest compacted. I don't know if there were sternum issues or rib issues. I'm just saying there are plenty of these stories. <laughs> Half and most of them Kamaru himself acknowledges. So... It's not throwing shade out there when you bring these things up. These are all, all all realistic things. The guy is getting older, and even though he may not have as many MMA miles as Leon, he could arguably have more if you look at the five-round fights and then you add in the wrestling, right? Um, and what that does to your body and how he admittedly trained really bad back in those days. That's what kind of destroyed his body in the ways he trained for wrestling. You know, he's over... Maybe maybe he's been over-accomplishing this whole time. Not saying he's not talented. Obviously, he's talented. Obviously, he's athletic. Obviously, he's great. He is a great welterweight, Kamara Usman. Don't get it twisted, folks. You know, but 
There's no biological free lunch. I know John Jones continues to get away with everything in and out of the cage for I don't know how many years now. He's a goddamn outlier. But outside of the outliers, you know, I don't know. So I'm going to go with Leon Edwards. Um, even though he could get the finish, I just, I don't know. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Usman wins. I just, this is a fight that could go everywhere. And you're going to give me a guy, you know, two to one on uh, on a guy who's riding high after winning definitively and is the more dangerous finisher on the feet and on the floor. I'll take that, and I ended up taking Leon by decision. Um, that's going to be my pop squad pick this week. I got, I got it at plus 450 and a quarter unit. Uh, I have been adding these quietly throughout the week, folks. I just don't do teaser reminders because I just haven't had time. I barely have enough time to add the damn bets, right? Um, but those of you who follow me on Atchard Network, uh, I have been tracking all these. Um, so I did one unit at Le on Leon plus 210 I got him for, and then a quarter unit uh, at plus 450 Edwards by decision. Because that was my official pick. I just feel like, you know, we could be in for another controversial decision across the pond. And that's not slight on... I actually think the English judges uh, have their S together um, arguably more than a lot of the uh, North American regions. So it's not even, I don't even say that to diss the judges, but it's a crazy sport. It's a hard sport to judge. And even the best judges, as we've seen, turn in, you know, some interesting scorecards, right? Uh, for one. And for two, you know, whether we're talking about, a, you know, what, you know, it was a, you know, MV, you know MVP, uh, MVP Lima, Bisping Henderson, too. Hamill, Bisping, um, I don't know, that's just off the top of my head, and that's not even going into boxing, right? Like, how many crazy decisions have happened over in England particularly? I'm just saying, so I'm not, not throwing shade for nothing here. Oh, stomach cramps here. I'm gonna push this breakdown. Gotta eat something. Um, but yeah, uh, no, no hate if you're on the Usman side. No one should be surprised if Usman wins, but I got Edwards by decision. Uh, let's see if anyone any questions on that fight before I push on. Uh, Ghost fan of the grappling and the pummeling and hand fighting from some of the positions were great to watch in Usman versus Edwards too. It was. It was very. Um, that's funny as trick. This is good. Yeah, it's a mystery to men there. Um, even without the head kick KO, I'm worried about Usman's chin, Kyle Johnson says. Burns dropped him bad and Colby rattled him several times in their first fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not impervious, that's for sure. Good good shouts there. Um, all right, next fight. Uh, Rafael Fiziev, minus 225. Justin Gaethje, plus 175. Uh, basically, this one should be settled standing. Um, I was going to look at Cheeky and get look at the totals, but I honestly, between the analysis and the lines, I felt like, you know what, let's just pull the trigger on a side. Um, and I feel like this is... Uh, this is meant for Fazeev to to, to to roll here. Um, Fazeev, not just the more experienced, technical striker, whatever you want to say, faster even by Gaethje's own admission. Um, you know, he's got highlight material stuff too, obviously. He's younger. Uh arguably more athletic. Uh, I don't deny any of these things, but these aren't even the reasons why I'm picking Fazeev. It's, it, it, a lot of it is just how they match up, too. Um, Fazeev works the legs and bodies, and even though Gaethje works the legs and body beautifully and brutally, uh, his two-way streets are much more open to some one-way traffic as far as his defense goes. 
It's never been great. It's gotten better under the care of Whitman, but to the body and legs, a lot of most of those improvements were guard, either guard there or not there, or how to work with a more looser guard, rolling and coming up, and more trunk movement um, and footwork movement-based defenses. But as far as checking um, body returns and stuff like that, um, not the same, not the same level for defense there. And physique punctuates beautifully to the legs and particularly to the body, particularly with the switch kick, like many from Russian to Eastern European to everywhere in between, like the Azerbaijans or the, you know, uh, Kyrgyzstan. And just a lot of, when I stereotype that region of fighter and their kickboxing, lead hand savvy or lead, uh, you know, lead stance savvy is usually not a thing that, uh, or is usually, you know, something that, that, that comes in tow. It's not a surprise that guys are good off their left side or will finish and punctuate off their left side. Rashid Magomedov, Jan Blachowicz, you know, I'm going from Dagestan to Poland here. Um, and I don't know if he secretly favors his left like Jan Blachowicz, but like Jan Blachowicz, Fiziev will also shift to southpaw. He'll, he's been doing that more often. And I was actually really impressed going back to watch. A lot of times when someone switched stances, you got to press them on a certain stance. You know, um, John Crouch, for many reasons, such a such a good coach and corner that doesn't get enough credit, but was rewatching Nelson versus Story, and uh, he was like, uh, hit him when he goes southpaw on you, you know, and something I've always preached on this as a southpaw, when someone tries to get cute, even if they ain't air quote normal switch stance fighter, well, southpaw's my, my stance, motherfucker, you know? If you're a dedicated southpaw, and I don't care if it's a dedicated switch stancer, they go southpaw, you make sure you let them know you own that stance. You have the advantage because most times you can gamble that you will because most times people's defense aren't as good in southpaw slash their offhand stance. Boy, did Fazeev's defense look almost better from southpaw when facing a dedicated, decent southpaw in Rafael freaking Dos Anjos, right? Um, I was really impressed with that. Also, Fazeev has things... Uh, he also does timing change-ups and is fast, which is a nightmare for fighters like Gaethje and Oliveira, of course, I went back to crib notes and read and refresh myself off my last written piece, which would be, for me, uh, Gaethje's fight with Oliveira. That was his last fight, right? Uh, and in that fight, I talked about in that breakdown how both guys have noted vision issues. They both wear glasses. And they both, whether it's inside parries, hitting hard counters, or single collar tiles, single, single collar ties, right? Both of them. Um, they they go really... They are really particularly dangerous when they have a feel for where their opponent is. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, so when you're looking at it, it's like guys who have timing change-ups are going to be real real dangerous, you know? Um, the sneaky check hook, even though he's not really a timing change-up guy, Makachev, but that sneaky check hook fucks up all timings as a southpaw. And even though uh, Fiziev doesn't really have that shot, um, he is... Uh, from a, south, a dedicated southpaw stance, he's got a lot of checking and countering hooks from both sides in both stances. Um, and again, his defense is good off of uh, both sides. Um, and back to that lead side savvy, not just for the body uh, stuff, which is, again, body. Uh, Fiziev's main thing is knees and, and, and knees and clench or close quarters uh, from Alvarez to uh, who else was it? Um, Apologies, apologies. It's like uh, Oliveira, we were just talking about him. Like, those have been really potent, a really potent tool on Gaethje. I talked about that even before the Oliveira fight, and there they were, right? Um, <clears throat> all his tools match up 
really badly for Gaethje, basically, for him to get hit, whether he's coming forward, more particularly off the counter. Um, Gaethje will fight smarter now, but I feel like Fazib will press him if he does that. I feel like if Gaethje fights wild, Fazib will let him come and look for the counters. So I feel like any combination of both those and any neighborhood that it falls in between those, I feel like we get a finish, which is why I don't blame anybody betting on the under, especially if you give Gaethje's chances more respect than I do. Not that I'm disrespecting his chances at all, by the way, but I'm just saying if you are more confident than I, somebody who is both picking and playing Rafael Fazeev to win by knockout. But the main shot that I see happening is something that I haven't really seen tax before. We could have maybe have seen it, even though Barbosa mainly goes to the body with his left switch kick. Um, and Johnson, although I picked him to light him up as a southpaw, and he did, doesn't really throw the head kicks that often, right? Um, is the head kick here. Uh, death, taxes, and wrestle boxers dipping to their power side. Shout out to Ghost Phantom, who... You know, was just replied on Twitter uh, with a picture of, of Trevor Whitman teaching fighters to dip to that power side. Uh, hopefully they change that up for the Leon Edwards, right? With the southpaw kick. Again, another reason why it wasn't as fluky to me. Because you guys know, this is something that I've been preaching forever. I called it out before. That was the Speaking of Anglicus on the previous Bellator card when he fought uh, Nemkov in my breakdown there. Death, taxes, and wrestle boxers dipping into lead kicks from the southpaw side. From the leader southpaw side, I'm sorry. Nemkov, another guy. Russian fighter. Good lead kick. Surprise, surprise. Again, I'm not pulling this out of my ass, folks. Um, it, it's there. That is a theme in this card, possibly. And I think that Gaethje's going to get head kick KO'd. It's going to be pretty brutal. So I played Fazeev by knockout at plus 120. I didn't get a great number on it, but I put 1.5 units on it uh, and I'm just I'm moving on from there um, my guy goes Phantom speaking he goes I think Fazeev's left high kick to end combos will also be a problem for Gaethje he says okay we're on the same page Ghost Phantom says and Justin Gaethje is very susceptible to body work as seen in Oliveira fight when he got by yep yes sir I, 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 I agree wholeheartedly um Kyle Johnson, I feel like Gaethje is going wild, like round three, Bobby Green versus Fazeev, um, is his best action to stay than to stay technical. That I agree. Uh, ironically, him getting wild might actually be his best action here. I, I actually oddly agree there. All right, next fight, uh, we touched on it slightly there. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, Gunnar Nelson, Gunnar Nelson there. Uh, he doesn't work with Kavanaugh anymore. I just that was hear it in the Irish voice. Gunnar Nelson, minus 375. Brian Bam Bam Barbarina stepping in on just over three weeks' notice. Uh, plus 280 stepping in for Southpaw Daniel Rodriguez. Like Gunnar said, nice enough for the UFC to at least give him another Southpaw. Um, Gunnar Nelson, of course, is... Got to pull up my uh, my schmarket here. Let's see if I can go to it on the... Uh... All right. Gunner, Gunny Nelson there. Gunny Nelson. Um, where the fuck are you, Gunner? Where the fuck are you? Uh, he's 3-3, three and three opposite UFC level southpaws. Wins over um, Zach in your faces where I'm Cummins. I don't know. Isn't that his nickname? It is now. Uh, Joe Ban and Sato lost to Story, Maya, and Edwards. Common threaded losses were excellent grapplers. <laughs> Poor Zach. 
Sorry, that was gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, off of that, sounds like I should be making the easy and safe pick and picking uh, Gunnar Nelson to just replicate what we saw um, last time that happened to Brian Barberina. For some reason, I was thinking I, I picked pick Brian Barberina, but no, I was just eating so much shit and like took a really bad loss that night, and I felt so stupid for picking RDA by KO instead of by sub. In the small cage, it was just really stupid of me. So that fight just always feels like a loss, even though I got the pick right. Um, and by finish and everything, but not the right finish right. So um, it was interesting, though. Barbarina, yeah, that being said, I didn't I, I didn't pick him for sub for partly a reason, because usually he's harder to sub than that. Um, he really made more back exposure. Usually if he gives up the back, that's really like the only time, really. You, you go back to his Colby Covington fights, and I spoke to Covington after that fight, and he said, you know, this was the point where Covington, before he fought Maya, for what it was worth, he said uh, the hardest guy to wrestle was Brian Barberina. He didn't fight Usman at this point, but this is for what it's worth. You know, this is right before he's fighting Maya. Me speaking of Colby, okay? Um, but Barberina always uses his back. He's diligent. Again, back to John Crouch. Re John Crouch really trains his fighters well there. Um, you know, uh, uh, again, unless it's like the aforementioned Damian Maya versus Rick Story, it's it's tough. You know. And Rick Story uses the similar get-ups uh, successfully against Gunner, a more prime Gunner Nelson, like 10 years ago and, and when they fought, right? Brian Barberina, oddly enough, like when Benson Henderson fought RDA, he was in the corner for that as well, which is cool. But, you know, again, maybe not so cool because, again, uh, he's 0-1 in those kind of fights, coming just coming off one, right, where he got choked out, which is what Gunner Nelson's going to want to do. So I get it. All the signs are there. But, again, that wasn't uncharacteristic belly out from Barbarina and going to listen to interviews in particular apparently he was really disappointed in himself too is bitter like he doesn't usually do that and he owned up to it like he he took accountability like you want to hear right and was like that's my mistake but basically he said that um, it's on me but basically what happened what happened was uh, he went in there and not expecting RDA to grapple he had the same mindset I was he just came in there with that blind spot shouldn't I should have known better he should have known better we all should have known better on that wrong side right uh, well, I wasn't on Barbarina's side, but you get what I mean. Wrong about the uh, prediction to a T. Um, and he didn't expect that and paid paid a real bad price for it. <clears throat> and I know he's not working in the MMA lab ahead of this camp and hasn't been since he's been down at Tennessee slash North Carolina. But who is in North Carolina in that Jimmo area? You got, I think, you know, the Salty Dog guys over our neighboring gym, but the Jimmo area, I believe, has guys like, speaking of back take specialists, uh, I believe dudes like uh, what's his name just just one Joe Selecki second the second coming of Kenny Florian there Joe Selecki um, yeah in, uh, some uh, high end wrestlers I think he's got like a Weidman other guys to work with uh, you know uh, I think even other old MMA lab guys like Scott Holtzman and whatnot who you know for what it's worth Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt trained with a similar getups and th those things in tow. And was working specifically on shoring the holes. Now, not a lot of times to shore holes, but you know, he even admitted that himself. But he just seems so confident that he learned something. Whether he is improved or not, I do expect him to fight better. I don't know how much you can ever bank on someone to improve that much between fights at this point in their career. He is not as late in his career as Gunnar Nelson, which is the thing that's jumping out to me. Again, I'm usually not the fade, the older guy thing, but I feel like we're right there. I feel like Gunnar Nelson's going to get old overnight kind of a deal. And uh, it might not be this time. He could very well win this one. He's saying that he actually wasn't wasn't injury free, which wasn't always the case, which is very interesting, right?
Um, but uh, again, he's not necessarily the biggest. Even with the the reframe strength and conditioning he did a few years ago, he's still not necessarily the biggest uh, welterweight himself. Um, and uh, if you look, whether it was in both victory or defeat, victories in Cowboy Oliveira fight uh, or defeat, uh, as in his Leon Edwards fight, people who throw elbows at him do really well. Also, both those fights, people who get on top of Gunnar Nelson uh, usually ground and pound the crap out of him. Like Damian Maya probably could have ground and pounded him if that was Damian Maya's game. That Damian Maya outgrappled him for the win. Um, but. You know, Gunner seems to be a real specialty from front headlock to back tape kind of a dude, and uh, he's got some wrestling tricks, and he can hit some. He can hit a well-timed shot, perhaps still maybe. Most of his are against the clinch and in the fence, but that's also where Barbarina is strongest from. Um, Gunner Nelson's takedowns are deceptively like agile looking, but they're not necessarily drivingly powerful or athletic. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Barbarina's again, he's always been comfortable in the scramble, you know. Um, if he does get submitted, it's going to be a, a similar scenario. It's going to be the back take of him giving back exposure. I don't think it'll be like the guillotine like with Joe Ban. Because, again, not to play this game, but if you go back at Gunnar Nelson's record, it's not as impressive as you make it look because um, the Joe Ban fight, Joe Ban was, you know, one fight away from, you know, a retirement, I believe, at that point or something, or on his way out, clearly. Um, I love Joe Ban. Already showed to be chinny and 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 got rocked before you know getting you know he didn't even know where he was at when the choke came, but you look at it he wasn't able to get Sato out of there right loses to Gilbert Burns on short notice. Uh, Burns took that fight on short notice by the way. Burns probably would have finished him if it if, if it wasn't. This was when Burns was just coming into the division, and that was only Gunnar Nelson's second fight. The guy's only fought once in three and a half years, folks. That's crazy, right? Loses to Leon Edwards. It gets. It, it goes down as a split, but it was not a split. It was a clear, unanimous decision. He beats Alex Oliveira, but guys, I love Alex Oliveira, but not only is Alex Oliveira going to his crazy losing streak after this, it kind of already started right around this period. Even when they're announcing him, like, Alex Oliveira has a look. He does, he literally does this when they announce him. He, he gives a shrug, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, you know, you know, like... The dude who has, like, multiple alimony payments and, and, and babies from another mother and is trying to open up his own plantation and was clearly just showing up for paychecks, right? Like, this is the era that he got him out of there. And in that fight, he almost lost because, you know, Cowboy was cheating like hell, granted, which he always does. Um, but he elbows the crap out of Gunnar Nelson. Again, just throwing elbows at him, like, from any position, it feels like you do damage to Gunnar. It's the craziest thing in the world. Uh, close quarters, you know. Uh, Ponzinibbio uh, messes him up in close quarters with punches, obviously. But again, these off-the-break shots. Um, he beats Joe Ban. Now we're talking about half a decade ago if we're going to his second submission win in the last half decade. Again, but again, it's Joe Ban on his way out. Was out on his feet and got guillotined. By the way, Brian Barberina survived uh, fighting Warley Alves and without getting guillotined. And he also fought... Um, who else has the mean front headlock that he fought? Oh, uh, Vicente Luque, who had his back and front of his neck um, and was not submitted there for what it's worth. You know what I'm saying? This guy is very tough to submit. Not saying he can't be submitted, but I, I think, you know, I don't think it's going to be the front chokes. Watch, he's going to get submitted by a front choke now, and this will get clipped. Um, Albert Tumanoff, who is, went on a, you know, he lost after that, lost to Leon Edwards, I believe, and then went on a winning streak outside the UFC quietly. 
but it's been weird management. It's a weird winning streak. It's not as impressive as it might look on paper if you really look deeper into it uh, on some of those fights there. So it's really hard to say, and the guy never really showed a ground game, right? Tumanov's just a, box, just a boxer, right? Loses to Damian Maya. Okay, so now we get to another submission win. Now we're all the way back in 2015, UFC 189. Brandon Thatch, okay, that doesn't really age well. Lost to Rick Story. Uh, Zach Cummings, which didn't really age well. No offense to Cummings. He, he hung around, but this was like him coming in. I believe he came in on short notice as well as like Omari Ahmedov, um, who came in on short notice on those like uh, Ireland or Europe cards. And yeah, Demarcus Johnson. I mean, I don't know. It's There is a level of guys that he's getting out of there, let's just say, not, not to be too unfair in that game. And if we want to play the game of, oh, well, you know, I don't know what it is offhand, but uh, I know that Barbarina's takedown defense number is really low, and um, Gunners is really high, or not high but higher or whatever. I will say this: this was really frustrating. I have notes here. Um, it's probably seven or eight, but I'm gonna I'm gonna round down conservatively. I'm gonna downgrade. I'm gonna give benefit of the doubt. I counted at least six takedowns attempts failed takedown attempts that weren't counted. Again, I talk about it all the time, especially with leg kicks and takedowns, pretty much anything. Um, even control time, by the way. Go go to Makwan, uh, Jason Knight. They completely fucked up the control time on who they credit control time in those rounds. They're giving um, they're giving all the control time to Knight, even though he was like on his back and stuff. Um, there's at least, and I didn't even go over every gunner fight. I went over all the southpaw fights, and I went over uh, a majority of his fights where he's scoring takedowns um, and getting the submissions, okay? Um, I counted at least six failed takedowns, which you feel free to do the math, but I only counted one accredited the other way that they didn't count. So however, you want, however that averages out, it's not the number that's posted, which is why people who base it off of stats, it's silly. You're drawing off of a well of inaccurate faulty information. It's not fucking correct. It's wrong. It fucking wastes my time because I believe me, I wish it was right because then I wouldn't have to spend the time just like Matt Damon Google hunting here. I'm fucking lighting my cigarette as I light all the work on fire. So I wouldn't have to watch you guys fuck it all up. No, I wouldn't have to sit here and watch, rewatch the fights to be able to tell you guys this. But unfortunately, you can't trust the stats, so I have to take the time to look at the stats as a reference guide and then actually go and do the damn work. It's 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 fantastic. Anyways, so th in other words, Gunner is the rightful favorite. This is a fight going to be like it's like Jones and Gone in the sense of whoever wins, the other side's going to look really stupid, right? Especially if Gunner wins, I'm going to look really stupid here. But I can't help myself, man. I cannot help myself. There's always at least, I think, who was it? Was it uh, Jonathan Pierce last time? JSP. That's all I want you to know. I was like, okay, we're, we're in England. What are you doing holding your American flag? Carlos Condit knocking out Dan Hardy. All these cars, there's always one just obnoxiously American person with a flag, right? Fucking, that, 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 that upsets the English crowd, right? It's gotta. It's gonna be Barbarina this time. We'll, uh, hopefully, we'll see. We'll see if it is. Um, he's not a. Uh, you know, 
it's not a you know, ignorant or abrasive or anything. Uh, I appreciate the guy. He seems like a good dude. Uh, but you know, he he'll definitely bring the American flag and represent though. You know what I'm saying? If he if he scores big, I uh, know that's right. They can't bring flags anymore. But yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, he might be the America that upsets here. So I'm actually gonna take Barbarina. But here's how I played it. Here's my fortification. That's the key word. Fortification. Not all matchups can you fortify. Right, call for it, and even matchups that I would argue this one does. Nothing is bulletproof. Nothing is guaranteed, and there are no locks in this game. Don't let anybody tell you there's different. But listen, I actually ended up playing the under here for the total. Nelson Barberina under 1.5 plus 140. I, I honestly would have paid the chalk. I saw it listed at plus number for under 2.5, but all the houses like scrambled, took it off the board, and readjusted to 2.5ers, and to protect themselves, I think. Um, which is annoying, although I would have still probably bought the one minus 135 chalk for the under 2.5. That would have probably still been better. But no, um, my house that I play at offered a 1.5 at plus 140, so I jumped on that to protect me from the obvious outcome here, which is uh, Gunnar Nelson getting a submission. And even though Brian Barberina is a, more of a late finisher guy, a round two, round three type of guy, shout out to Master of Love, round three special coming your way. Um... There is a possibility. He's a violent mother effer, right? He can. There is a possibility he can finish under as well. Uh, he's done it before with punches, with elbows, right? Um, Barbarina can get down as well. Uh, he can bang more than he looks. He can take more than he looks. He's more skillful than what he looks, right? He's more better than what he looks at the end of the day. <clears throat> so what I did was I put one unit uh, on the under 1.5. So if Gunner chokes him out, that's you know 140. Um, and then my plan was to sprinkle the. Point seventeen U round two and three, which I'm gonna do, but it's not out yet. Um, my bet online house has it, but they have shitty numbers, and I'm almost gonna guarantee that BetMGM is gonna put better round prop numbers out. Maybe they have them right now. As of before the podcast, they recording podcast, they didn't. So I'm probably gonna wait there. Uh, but my logic there is the round flyers or, or whatever. If I keep that within forty ducats, the point four. <clears throat> um, that means if. Uh, Gunner subs him early. Um, I still profit, you know. I still profit. Uh, I still, I still get a unit, right? I still can 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 take a clean unit. Um, that that being said, uh, I did uh, on the bet online house do a little uh, Barbarina. What is it? Oh no! Wait. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm talking about Shore, I guess. Shore, they don't have it for round two and round three. They did have Barbarina round two and round three. I am on that already. My bad, my bad. Uh, plus 1,200, 0.17U, and round three plus 1,800, 0.17U. I'm already on it. And you put the 0.2, that's 32. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Gunner subs him, um, I still profit, right? Barbarina finishes early, we double profit. Uh, but I got the Barbarina round two and round three to clean up whatever the 1.5 uh, total uh misses because my logic is if it gets past a round and a half and Barbarina still still around something went wrong for Gunner something went wrong for Gunner Barbarina is not the type of guy to let you backpack him he's he may you know make a stupid move as we saw unfortunately and give you the sub unfortunately that is on the bingo board more than we realized it was or at least I did but in it, good news is for the fortification and the thinking in line with this betting fortification is that he is wild enough where he's going to make something happen and which means you know because and that's the thing he hasn't faced a specialist grappler like this 
But at the same time, no matter all the different styles that he has faced, you can't have a conservative fight with this guy, you know, um, as far as, you know, being worried about betting the under. Like, the guy's going to force action, even though he's a tough guy to get out of there, and he's a, a more of a late finisher. But he can be subbed. So if it's longer than a round and a half, I think something went wrong for Nelson with the pace and violence that is literally inherent with every Barbarina fight. Um, the only, you know... I would also look at Barbarina live after round one if he is backpacked, but he can't get finished or he gets close to being finished. Maybe there's an even bigger number on Barbarina. At that point, maybe take a shot live. Um, I, I won't be able to either because I'm doing live commentary or because my computer sucks at placing live bets, apparently. Um, but that's something to look out for. Um, uh, part of me was also thinking about maybe doing a calculated uh, risk maybe on the money line um, and digging into some of those potential profits right uh, f uh for the under on how you fortify that so uh, regardless if i do live or a small calculated bet on the money line if it gets even higher on barbarina i like this fortification of playing the under whether you're 2.5 or 1.5 2.5 less of a payout but, but a little more coverage in a way right um but but yeah uh under 1.5 one unit and then 0.17 uh, little sh round flyers for barbarina to clean up in round two uh, and round three. All right. Uh, before we get there, Johnson. Done. Uh, James Kendrick. Uh, do you feel like if you take away Gunner's takedowns, he becomes less effective in striking? Yeah, he only throws one shots and stuff. And again, um, Barbarina uh, has been hurt before. That Jason Witt fight, like you know, jumps out in my mind, and and that stretch really gave Barbarina a bad name which is how I was able to profit him against Lawler and Matt Brown um, is uh, is because of that stretch. But we have to remember, he had he went through moving his camp across the country, changing his whole life around. COVID happens to help change your whole life around. Those alone are crazy one-two punches that are going to show themselves in a career, possibly. But the more important one-two punches that happen during the same time window of those two things that are relevant and in that re in that recent stretch that everybody points to was the guy had a back surgery which is alone a huge you know thing it's like are you going to be able to come back from right um first off and then two uh, emergency laparotomy which reportedly first reports were he wasn't going to be able to come back to fighting and still did so we have to defy the odds on two fronts so like is that a red is that a red flag sure but for as bad as he looked, and we can all agree, we you know I can maybe defend it, maybe not go as hard as, as the proverbial you out there, but we can all agree he looked bad in that stretch. But we can also all agree he looked better. The, the results sure as shit don't lie. I know the last result was bad, but the results sure as shit don't lie. The guy is both looking physically better, talking, training more, getting better results. I mean, yeah, maybe we cut him some slack for having back major back surgery or almost dying with an emergency laparotomy having to relocate your camp farms family uh, multiple times amidst the pandemic yeah yeah maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a lull in there folks it's not like i you or many other breakdown podcasts hasn't pointed that out when other fighters just switch camps alone not even all the other stuff just switching camps alone right i'll bring it up with vittori training at extreme couture Right. Uh, spoiler alert. Probably still picking Victoria and stuff, but like, that is a that is something you have to acknowledge. Is there an adjustment period? Like, 
yeah, maybe, maybe we cut Barberino a little slack. I don't know. Um, Kyle Johnson, Jimmo has both John Salter and Chris Honeycutt for wrestling. Oh, yeah, Honeycutt. He also worked with uh, like Coach Neil Melanson, too, so not bad. Uh, very hard to trust either Gunner or Barbs, though. Yeah, yeah, except uh, one of them is like almost a four-to-one uh, chalk price they want you to trust in that. That's the difference there. <laughs> Kyle Johnson says, Tumanoff easily Gunner's best win. Uh, would have been top 15 if he stayed in the UFC. Um, yeah, I, I was really bummed to lose Tumanoff. You guys know I, was, I might not have sounded like it, but I, I was a big Tumanoff guy too, so this is tough. Uh, Rogue Pierogi, new metal out here, catching strays. <laughs> yeah, apologies to the new metal crowd. I, I don't hate it all, man. It's nostalgic for me. I almost appreciate it in that sense. So He says Dana's ridiculous affinity for new metal is his only redeeming trait. <laughs> Love you, Dan. Appreciate you, Rogue. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's push on, uh, hopefully faster through these. The one main card fight I haven't gotten a look at, but I got to look at right after this because I have to have all my stuff done early. Hopefully get my eyes enough rest time before tomorrow's doctor's appointment. Um, again, extreme couture bias, so I don't know how much analysis and stuff. I, I wasn't really looking to target these fights, so uh, I, I did look into the, the Elite Vittoria one just before we finished here, actually. But uh, I did not look into yet for Casey O'Neill minus 185. Jennifer Maya plus 150. Um, Casey O'Neill, what does she open as? She op I'm going to pick O'Neill here, but this feels like dog or pass from a betting perspective. I like O'Neill, aside from the fact that she's extreme couture. I've been watching her rehab and doing the due diligence and stuff. She's really uh, really been busting her, busting her butt. So I really wouldn't worry about the injury part of the layoff so much. It's more just Maya um, not usually... usually uh, being undervalued, you know, I've taken a couple dog shots on Maya before for that reason, so I don't blame anybody here. Um, this is a fight where even if you're picking Casey O'Neill, I would just be careful investing in any chalk here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, team Casey O'Neill here, though. Um, oh wow, again, jeez. Despite having like a slew of, let me pull it up here to make sure. 145, 125, 155. Yeah, despite having a slew of, of, of lightweight fights on the prelims, we open in the middleweight division because God forbid, God forbid, you know, Joe Silva, why why would we need why would we need you know pacing on a card high quality to back the name brand that you claim, high quality for the fans, uh, entertaining fights, well rounded fights with finishes and fun decisions, fights that are meaningful. Fights that, God forbid, make you raising the price of pay-per-views for the umpteenth time to where it's almost 100 bucks to watch one, yet you're going to throw three in nearly a month and a half while you're burning the rest of us out. God forbid you want to make any of us feel like we paid our money's worth. No, why, why, why would you do any of those things? It's not like you're running a business. Oh, that's right, because everything is already bought and paid for, and they don't give a fuck about their buys promoting talent, etc. As much as they like to say. That's right, baby. It's Marvin Vittorius Roman Delize kicking off your main card. Woohoo! I mean, uh, Marvin Vittori, minus 275, Delize plus 210. This almost feels like dog or pass. I'm going to pick Vittori here for a decision after a very weird fight, after a very tentative and weird first round because he's going to be waiting for Delize to do his stuff that he's expecting him to do. And then it's not going to work, and Vittori is going to be the better wrestler, and it's going to be up to his fight IQ. 
and if he can square up in a guard. I don't know what the heck was going on with Jack Hermanson. I know Vittori was leg hooking, which not a lot of guys do because it's taught against in MMA because you can sit on the glove. I like it for a leverage point when attacking from bottom, looking to swing my hips. But, like, is one of those things that just... And again, far be it for me to tell Jack Hermanson of all people. But it's like, I remember even just like as a kid, like watching golf or certain things where it was just like there's certain fundamentals that you got taught and you would see and you would have, you know, people and pros tell you like these things, whether it was basketball or golf. Uh, and like you could watch these things and be like, oh, yeah, I see what they, these trainers and stuff mean by these are important, but not necessarily everybody does them. Um, is squaring up in the freaking guard, like what? what Jack Hermanson, like, even before the finishing sequence or whatever, like, in the first round, it's the, one of the stupidest sweeps that he gets, uh, uh, the leads that he gets, and he kicks him off. He swings for an arm bar and gets, like, the most ugliest, um, there's a lot of names for it, like, uh, call, I've heard it called, like, flower sweep, you know? Um, uh, I don't know why. I always want to go Jewish with it and, like, it reminds me like you're, like, rocking, like, a dreidel. Um, and, you know, you go for the arm bar and you uh, sweep them over to the arm bar side where they have no posts. You sweep them over to the arm, you're attacking. Um, but, yeah, like, just Jack Hermanson just stays, like, perpendicular. It's like they're playing Twister and and, Vittori, and he's, he's trying to coach Vittori to make a T rather than squaring up to make a straight line with him. Like, it was bad. He was really asking for that. So, I don't know, man. Um, I don't think he's gotten his black belt yet, but I believe he's a brown belt under Cobrinha, and he's been one for a minute, Vittori. Um, so the guy knows how to grapple. God knows how to wrestle for MMA. So uh, he does it fairly conservatively. He's very positionally strong. So as long as he leans on those, he should be able to get a decision. And he is unkillable. But as unkillable as he is, there's something about the lead say that, especially at this run, it feels like he can just kind of kill everybody, you know? Like he's uh, he's the guy from Untouchables, you know? The uh, the hitman, you know, after the elevator murder, and he, he writes in the he writes in the uh, elevator touchable, like that is the lead there, right? You know, you're like, where'd my girlfriend go? And he's like, touchable. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke there. The same deal, same deal. He's that guy in all facets, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I look like a fucking wreck over here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, the lead say. Um, Next fight, uh, I actually researched, and we'll have a, a betting piece. Part of the extra stuff I did uh, this week. Again, grateful to do it. You should be seeing a betting column for this uh, come out. But, hey, you guys might be getting it sooner than later because you're tuning in live. Jack Shore, minus 550. Uh, Mahwan Amirkhani, plus 390. Um, taking Shore here. Surprise, surprise. Line is a little bit wide. I knew I wanted to play, but, like, I, this is what I was alluding to earlier. The round props are weird on BetOnline, so I'm waiting for BetMGM to try to get some better round props. Um, but, again, the lines are wide and kind of making you take a side. Like, unless you have a ton of chalk or are at a house slash you want to slash are a parlay player, there's, like, three ifs there, then maybe just go, you know, if minus 210 is within your budget, you know, for fight doesn't go to the distance, you know, you could say that is the safest bet, um, but for me, I'm going to go with Shore and pick a side. I'm not trying to get cheeky with the under, because Shore, I feel like, is going to finish later. Um, Makwan's going to be strong and want to imply his strength. Whether he can or can't, he will anyways, because that's Makwan, and that's also what the mentality of both he's been fighting with lately, which is Makwan of old, as well as the mentality that I would gamble most would have when facing a guy coming up a division. You want to I want a big brother, this guy from the, the, the jump. I want to, I want to put doubt and make him think he made the wrong decision as from the jump, right? And that's what he should be doing, and that's what Mach one. That's how he is programmed to fight. 
Um, but I watched how Jack Shore does get-ups, and I know he just got subbed, but again, it was a submission kind of like the Gunner Joe Ban. Um, like he was out on his feet first before the sub happened. Like He didn't even know where he was. Um, and that was against a good guy too, Ricky Simon Bato. Uh, but, but I was watching the way Jack Shore gets up, and he's got incredible get-ups, whether he's like double-unders with a head tight to the chest, using butterfly guards to get up. Uh, using the fence, uh, using wrist controls. Um, he's got a lot of very uh, safe while still creative and flexible ways to stand up and rebase, which I really like, and it's probably going to come in handy. Uh, uh, the fact that he, despite being gangly, not athletic or built, um, can still scramble with the best of them at 135 because he's going to have one of the best scramblers here at 145. So good that I, I I was trying to go through and I didn't comb through every inch, but I looked through every rock that seemed relevant for this fight and for what I'm about to say. But I could not find people like riding Amir Khani's back, which is Jack Shore's main finishing position. You know, he also gets some. He has a knack for landing some of those like Roman Delice, Kyle Dukakis knees in the clinch, right? Um, he is finally fighting to his length, even though I don't mind a tall guy who fights in the clinch. He's finally sure fighting more to his length, showing that past kickboxing experience that he spoke of, really attaching crosses and kicks from the lead side, especially um, off of his long jab, which I really like to see. Those timing changeups off of a one-two, kind of like a you know, a, a little bit of a slower Nate Diaz, if you will, reminds me of. Um, I think that in particular will be good against that open stance match classic down the down the down the pike uh, open stance match right there. But uh, counter right hand seem to be a problem for both guys. So the check right hook will be a shot to look out for for Amir Khani, um, and Amir Khani just needs that one opening. So if you're betting sure, you're going to be holding your breath for that first minute to minute and a half. But I think he survives the storm. Listen to an interview. Shout out to Pete C. Carroll and his new podcast that my guy Abby Subandadar worked for. He had an interview with Shaky Shore, Jack's dad. And listening to the thought and how long they've been pushing. And even in victories, uh, the reason why they've been pushing him to go up because he's been having bad weight cuts. And by Jack and his father's own admission, bad performances, even in the victories. They're not just saying it because of the loss. Hell, they, Jack was so stubborn, he even tried to book a Bantamweight fight after that loss. So it wasn't a simple, let's go find the answers in a new weight class. I know he's not the biggest guy. He was a big Bantamweight, but he's not the biggest as far as muscly, imposing, you know, athleticism. And perhaps that may cause him a real a hard ceiling at featherweight. But stylistically, this just feels like a, a, a really good match for him. I'd be careful dumping out on the sub money, which is probably why sub is slightly more value plus 200, what I'm seeing over plus 175 KO, um, which is smart and where it probably should be because it's probably more likely to get a stoppage of sorts. Makwan hasn't been sub since real early in his career. Again, he doesn't really give position. So he'll show up into a ball and let you pound him out, but he, he won't really give up chokes or anything. So um, instead of having to choose, Parker, I uh, I laid the chalk on a... I got a bad line. You could have got this as low as like even money pretty much at minus 110. Um, but even at minus 140, I saw value and I played it for 1.4. Sure, inside the distance that is minus 140. 1.4 units to win one unit. And I'm going to sprinkle on round two and three at BetMGM when they come out. However, even though there are bad round props that I don't want to support on bet online with my money, they did have the round uh, method props there. So I did take a small little uh, stab at uh, round three TKO at plus 1,000. 
Jack Shore there for 0.17 units. Um, uh, and I will plug in and track, as per usual, the rounds two and three, whatever I officially lay down there. Um, let's go. Uh, we'll do chat cleanup after. I'm going to push through the last of these uh, pretty fast. Uh, Chris Duncan versus Omar. Omar Morales. Uh, I don't know why he's down at 145. Makes no sense. Um, this is a close tight fight. I don't know who I'm going with here, man. I was going to be leaning with Omar. Maybe I'll still pick Omar. But uh, Chris Duncan sounds really confident coming in. He's he is going to be killer, be killed. Maybe there's some angles there. I didn't look. Um, so see, uh, check me at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day to see if I ended up going with Omar. Uh, Sam Patterson minus two seventy five. Yanal Anal Ajimov. I don't know if that's his nickname, but it is now. Uh, come back is <laughs> Jesus Dan. Not as bad as the Zach Cummings nickname. Let's be honest. Uh, is uh, <laughs> Jesus Zach uh, plus two twenty five? I, I have no idea what it, what what the hell is going on with this fight. Um, shout out to my guy Billy Ward, by the way. Great follow. Uh, I gave him a shout the other week because someone you should follow. Uh, solid analysis, solid reference point in the space. He used to fight for God's sakes, man. I'm not talking about stupid amateur stuff like me and got my ass kicked, you know. Uh, like, no, Billy Ward actually fought. Uh, shouts to him, and also shouts to him because he, he uh, we both were taking dibs on some last minute assignments they needed to divvy up this week for uh, old action network there. And I was like, I wasn't even planning to look at this fight, and I was planning to bet sure Americani can can you please take that one and I'll take sure. And he's like, he was he was a good sport, so. Shout out to you, Billy. Um, we got uh, Mohamed Makhayev, minus 800. Jalel Filio, plus 550. Yeah, I I will, spoiler alert, probably pick Makhayev, but I did not look into this fight and don't look to care to bet it, especially at these numbers. Lerone Murphy, minus 185, versus Gabriel Santos, plus 150. I kind of wanted to look into this one because Santos seems like a really good fighter, and I don't blame people taking a flyer there. I will probably still pick Lerone Murphy. Uh, Lerone Murphy, by the way, you won't see him on the Southpaw report because even though he fights a lot of Southpaw, he switches and lists himself orthodox. Um, I am still getting around to Malcolm Gordon, who I believe is 1-1 one one against Southpaws. Lost to Sumaderji, beat Francisco Figueredo. He is an underdog at plus 325 with a comeback on Jake Hadley, minus 450. Um, we'll probably end up picking Hadley, but I'm like tempted. It feels like a dog or pass spot if, as far as a gambling perspective goes. Uh, even though he did beat one southpaw, Francisco Figueredo, if memory serves, he still got rocked in that fight. I haven't went back to watch it, but I probably will have to for the southpaw report. So that'll probably be like one of the last things added to there. So stay tuned for that one. Um, Joanne Wood, uh, minus 175. She's been like, my favorite like WMMA fighter back in the day, like before she got to the UFC. Luana Carolina, plus 145. Um, Joanne should win this fight, but... She's looked so uninspiring lately, not to be a dick, just being honest, that it is hard to support her, uh, to pick her with confidence. Uh, I will pick her uh, because she still throws spinning stuff. I believe her last finish against Val Valerie Latano. Uh, pretty good, huh? Uh, came at 125 uh, before it was like a division. They fought at 125, one of those weird fights that happened down in Florida. And she... You know, she can throw some spinning stuff because she does that and she comes from some Muay Thai, right? Uh, and spinning stuff did knock out Luana Carolina, who was quietly making a comeback in that Molly McCann fight. Uh, Molly McCann, Fochanel. Um, I'll take Joanne Wood, but I probably am going to stay away. It feels like a dog or pass spot. Christian Leroy Duncan, uh, minus 225. Sorry for your ears there. Uh, versus uh, Dusko Todorovic or. Uh, 
Dusky Toads, as my guy Brad calls him, or uh, as, uh, you know, uh, Best Fight Odds calls him, Thurko Todorovir, uh, which is ultimately the question. Do we get Dusko Todorovic or do we get Thurko Todorovir, uh, who just, like, tries to out-wrestle and fails while all our unders go by the wayside to Jordan Wright? You know, that was definitely Thurko Todorovir. Uh, not trying to be mean, I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm saying here. Uh, you don't know which one's going to show up. Uh, who knows who I'll pick? I'll probably, you know, I'll probably end up. Uh, I'm sure that guy's favorite for a reason. We'll see if I, I was pretty burnt out on my guy uh, Dusko, but we'll see, man. We'll we'll see. We'll see where I end up there. I probably won't be putting any money on it. Um, speaking of uh, best fight odds and their weird R's, we've got Rudovit Klein minus two ten. Rudovit with an R reminds me of Ryoto Machida back in the MMA linker days. Any old school? Anyone old school around? Anyone get that reference? Huh? 2007, 2008, MMA linker. Me. Anyways, uh, Ryoto, Ryoto Machida, uh, Rudovic Klein minus 210, Jai Herbert plus 165. I like Klein the southpaw here. Um, I got to go into Jai Herbert southpaw report. Um, he obviously is 0-1, I believe, offhand, losing to Grandpa Masa Randubitrinal, though, but he was piecing Grandpa up in the beginning, so I want to go see what went right and what went wrong, and we'll add that to the report um, before fight time. Uh, but probably we'll pick Klein. Juliana Miller, minus 450. Veronica Macedo, uh, form, uh, now known as Veronica Hardy. Congratulations to her and Dan, plus 340. Not sure where her game has improved. Not sure what to uh, count on. Uh, I like Veronica, believe me. But I will probably be picking Juliana Miller here. Do not be surprised. How did we do on time? 159. Ooh, just under two hours. Going to clean up the chat and then uh, recap my stuff and get the fuck out of here. Um, Kyle Johnson says Joe Silva always made the third slash middle fight on the pay-per-view a lightweight prospect showcase. I remember guys like Roger Huerta. Yeah, he found room to like open the fight with 145 and 155 and then still have room for another lightweight fight because guess what? They were really good. Um, remember him using and he would use that for the swing bouts too. Remember like back in the day like Kenny Florian Alvin Robinson that came on after the main event? Um, lightweight swing bout you know? Again, if you're gonna use these guys like like slaves, at least make them make your product better. You know, give them some give them some love. Uh, Kyle Johnson says Shore has a similar build slash style to Mavlar Evloev, another bantamweight featherweight convert. So I feel he'll fit right in. Interesting. I, I am curious to see. I feel like Shore would go from a tall guy to Mavlar. I feel like more of a short Edgar guy. But maybe that's how he'll look at the divisions. Five eight. Not short, I don't think, but not tall for that division or that era of flyweight, I guess, either. That should be an average height for a featherweight. It's where I should be, minus the pounds. I'm clearly holding right now. Fucking awful. All right, uh, recap. Let's get the fuck out of here, folks. Um, did I miss any notes? Um, Mach 1 is 2-2 two and two in the 0-2. Leon Edwards is undefeated in the U.K., um, Landsman. All right, yeah, we got everything. All right, recapping picks. All right. Taking Edwards over Usman, taking Fazeev over Gaethje, taking Barbarina, who I'm undefeated is picking on as an underdog, dating back to Worley Alvarez and Sage Northcutt. I'm putting my undefeated betting record, my undefeated underdog betting record on Barbarina on the line by taking him over Cody Nelson, taking O'Neal over Maya probably, but again, extreme couture bias. Careful on that one. Taking Vittorio over Delice, whatever. Taking Shore over Amir Khani. Um, we'll see if I take Omar over Chris Duncan. Uh, we'll see if I take Sam Patterson over Ashmoff. Uh, we'll probably take Makhayev over Filo. Um, 
We'll probably take Murphy over Santos, but Santos is good in a live dog, folks, so be careful on that one. Uh, and see where I end up on fight night. We'll probably take Hadley over Gordon, but I still feel like it'll be dog or pass, despite my pick or yours. Uh, probably taking Wood, but not confidently. Probably taking Dun Duncan, but not confidently, slash we'll see over to Dorvir. Uh, we'll probably take Rudolph Klein over, <laughs> sorry, Jai Herbert. Um, we'll probably take Juliana Miller over Veronica Macedo. Be sure to smash that like button, subscribe to comment, and follow along for further live shows and breakdowns. Hopefully, I can continue to get things better in the right direction. And, and pull. And it, it's we're, we're doing good with results wise, but my body is, is failing me, and I got to get back on the track here. Apologies if I'm not getting back to y'all. Um, just know it's been busy and crazy here, and uh, I, I, I'm in extra tunnel vision. It's it's, it's all love. I love y'all. I'll reply to your DMs soon. Uh, for plays, I don't know what my round robin's going to be, but it's probably going to be Fazeev KO, uh, Ashore round prop. Something with Barbarina, if not just the money line. And something with Edwards, if not just the money line. That'll, that'll probably be my round robin. Uh, no parlay, probably no parlay. Only straight play is Edwards money line, plus 210, one unit. Only total play is Nelson Barbarina, under 1 1.5, plus 140, that is one unit. Fortified that with some Barbarina round flyers, round 2, plus 1,200. <laughs> 0.17 unit round three plus 1800 shout out to master of love 0.17 you also shout out to d love the turmeric tonic use code protect 15 for 15 percent off for turmeric lemon ginger blend which is amazing uh also took short inside the distance minus 140 1.4 unit for one unit return gonna look to bet rounds two and three stay posted on those took a small little fun little flyer there on round three tko plus 1000 smaller bet online edwards by decision plus 450 only put a quarter unit on that and of course fazee by ko plus 120 another 1.5 unit for this week the biggest bet of the week by a dime that's what I got. If I add any more, I will, of course, uh, track it over on a Action Network or uh, the Action Network app. If you guys want to go check that out, at DanTomMMA on Twitter is where you can find me most active uh, on most social media spots. Um, that's where I post my picks and plays on fight day as well as my main card picks and prognostications to see where I finally end up there. Um, thank you guys for joining again. Really appreciate you guys for joining me live. Uh, sorry for being, you know, uh, uh, late and, and stuff. And, uh, yeah, always aiming to get better. Hope you guys are, too. Much love, best of luck, and always protect your nest.